deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I'm your host, CC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, where? Let's think. The Harry Potter movies. It's been a while, right? First one came out in 2001. What was your favorite movie in like 2001 when when, when the Harry Potter movies were coming out? I mean, I, I feel like the actual answer is just Harry Potter 1, right? Because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I was 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Harry Potter. But let me, I, I have to do my due diligence here. And mm-hmm. I'm going to type into Google movies 2001. And I'm going to see if there's anything else. Uh, that I was really excited about. Yeah, <laughs> Donnie Darko. I did not watch. Oh. I did not watch Donnie Darko in two thousand one. No, that was that came a little later than that one for sure. Um, uh, Hannibal, the film was in two thousand one. Okay. Another one that I did not see at the time, but um, the scene where he, you know at the end there where he opens someone's skull and then fries up some of the brains yeah. and feeds it to the guy. Like I, yeah. rem- I remember that. Yeah. Um. Other than Pearl Harbor, the film came out in ah, 2001. A classic. A classic Michael Bay film. So there are a lot of films that came out in 2001 that I like and watched uh, much later. But So no, I would say it's, it is fair to say that in 2001, my favorite movie was Harry Potter 1, Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think mine, honestly, would probably be similar. It's either that or like Lord of the Rings, right? uh because that would have been yeah fellowship was the same year um so i i agree i liked those movies when i was a kid Mm -hmm. but it's hard to go back uh and our good friends over at screen rant (sighs) it's been a while it's been a while i love screen rant it's been a while things have basically ever since jk rowling like went full turf mode on main yeah we haven't had a new segment like this in a while um, <laughs> of just like, I find a dumb top 10 list somewhere. Uh, I, I, cause also, I don't think they've been written. Like maybe a few here and there, but I think most like of my Harry Potter Google news alerts have been about that situation, right? Or about the movie or about like actors' lives or whatever. It's been a while since we've gotten a good just like, here's 10 things about the franchise you like. Right. This, they've been saving up their power this whole time. <laughs> this is, I will see. I might have to skip some of them. <laughs> in, for, for why? Like, in what way? Because, because their assessments are, I mean, I guess it's their words, not mine, right? I'm so nervous now. <laughs> what the, could it mean? This is, this is a very, very dumb article called... Harry Potter, 10 things that would be different if the movies were made today. So, you know, thinking about 2001, very different, obviously, a long time ago. I, w- I would say there's definitely some things in these movies that, you know, would be tweaked for a for a new a new audience or with a fresh go at it. Um, let's see if we agree with any of these. Okay. Number 10. <laughs> this is Screen Rant, not me. That's this is what I'm saying here. <laughs> that's, that's my... That's my. Uh, I, I'm I'm holding my breath. I Neville Neville's Bogart. 
In the Prisoner of Azkaban, Remus Lupin uh. arrives to take over as the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. The students immediately become fond of his hands-on te- teaching me- methods, except for Malfoy and his friends. When Lupin teaches the students how to defeat a Bogart, Neville transforms Snape into his grandmother, or rather, Snape dressed as his grandmother. So I'm like, I'm on board with them, right? I'm like, yeah, you'd probably tweak this one. Mm-hmm. All the students laugh, but that certainly wouldn't be the case if someone saw a man dressed as a woman or vice versa today. <laughs> Screen rant. Screen rant, as always, just finding the the good the good words to say on their the website. Good, <laughs> the good words, the great, the good ways to phrase the good things. way, the good way of saying stuff. The good, um, the, yeah. I see yep. what they're trying to say. <laughs> right. That is that is what it, that is. This whole article. I. I, I <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did they really just like dress up a weird like ten ways that Harry Potter is problematic? Is yes. that really what this is? Yeah, but it's specifically for the movies, and and so so here so it starts they, with that are one. Are they listening? Are they mm. screen rant? Screen <laughs> if rant. You can hear me. Screen rant. Fuck <laughs> it off. Um. So that was what I was thinking, especially because like like in, in broad a broad sense, I do agree that the that the like. Snape and address thing should probably be tweaked for a new movie, right? I mean, they probably just make it the funny hat, right? The like funny hat. she wears a hat Give with him like a, big a stuffed hat. a stuffed vulture on it. Like that's yeah. it's an absurd hat. I, I don't I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, th- this is where this is where things start going off the rails, perhaps. Yeah, d- number 10 out of 10. We yeah, I mean, yeah, we started pretty off the rails. We're off-roading for this article for sure. Yeah, we're on our, we're on our ATV. Death Eater costumes. Fans were quick to point out that the Death Eaters costumes in Goblet of Fire are very similar to the KKK uniforms. I think that that may have been the point. I, I was of... going to say, are, are they trying to imply that it happened accidentally? <laughs> <laughs> like accidentally made the, made the Death Eaters look like evil clansmen, perhaps. I mean, I think this. I think the, the scene that I think of the most is the one from Goblet of Fire, right? Yeah. I think it's it's not... It's not subtle. <laughs> no. No. I think that one might have been on purpose. Here's one. Quirrell's turban. Now, here's another one where I was like, yeah, maybe. Because it was because it was like, I, I guess it's it's seen as like a, a, you know, the bad guy symbol, right? Yeah, sure. Let, let me. This is the one I really uh. wanted to read. The timing of this movie's release couldn't have been more unfortunate. Just months after Oh September, my god. Just months after the September 11th attacks, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone premiered on November 4th, and its main villain is wearing a turban. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Screen Rant. Thank you, Screen Rant. Point, just pointing things out. Unfortunate timing. Mm. Sure. Number five, Hogwarts Teachers. In relation to Quirrell, an important topic is brought up at the end of the first film. Dumbledore explains why Quirrell was heads. Wait, I didn't. Wait, 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 wait. I did... I skipped over. Oh my god, this. Dumbledore explains why Quirrell was hesitant to touch Harry because Voldemort can't touch him. Today, viewers may question why students and teachers would be touching each other. Oh my god. Perhaps because Hogwarts is a boarding school, the staff and students (laughs) develop a closer bond, but still their relationships aren't exactly professional. Not to mention, there's Dumbledore's shameless bias, which extends to many of the Hogwarts staff. What a reach. What what are they saying? This is accompanied with a screenshot of Professor McGonagall putting her hand on Harry's shoulder 
to like reassure him. Screen rant is just coming from coming from all angles. I'm getting yeah, I'm I'm getting left hooks, right hooks. I'm just getting battered all around <laughs> in the ring by Screen Rant here. <laughs> Crab and Goyle. Crab and Goyle serve little purpose to the overall story. In fact, they are so unimportant despite their omnipresence that Crab is replaced in the Deathly Hallows films. The actor who portrayed Crab, Jamie Waylett, did not reprise the role after the sixth film. In 2011, he participated in the England riots and was found guilty of violent disorder and possession of a petrol bomb. He was jailed for two years and his character quietly disappeared to be replaced by Blaze Zabini in the key room of requirement scene. But why not recast the role for the last film? Okay, this is just a consequence of time. This, yeah, this isn't they, like they how... wouldn't get the same actor. Is the next point going to be they wouldn't cast Daniel Radcliffe because he's old now? <laughs> time time moved forward, Screen Rant. It is true. <laughs> Dumbledore. In light of the current political state of the world, perhaps Dumbledore isn't the best choice of leader for Hogwarts. Hedo holds all of the power in his hands what? and does whatever he pleases whenever he pleases. There's This is too much of a reflection of the kinds of governments and leaders that society currently rejects. <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> this is what we are always saying. We are always saying that society has moved past having having uh, <laughs> uh, shady uh, puppet masters <laughs> who say one thing and do it. We're always saying we've moved past. Thank God neoliberalism is over. That's great. That's great news. <laughs> thank you, Screen I, Rant. I can't Breaking I'm the news. I'm learning about it from Screen Rant, uh, but that's that's definitely to be celebrated. We reject, it's, the world rejects that kind of leader. Is this mm -hmm. supposed to be an own on Trump? Is that what they're, they're saying? Like, he's like Trump? That would be a weird... Dumbledore is obviously biased from finding any excuse to let Dumbledore, or to let Gryffindor win the House Cup over Slytherin to his relationship with Harry. Michael Gambon's Dumbledore is also a very different character. Of course. Of fucking course we've got a Michael Gambon slam in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's suddenly loud, accusatory, suspicious, and aggressive. Yeah, weird. Sounds like Dumbledore. <laughs> Number two, wizards would probably rule the world. Speaking of power, the witches and wizards of the magical world have the power to do pretty much anything they want. For some, power is easy to acquire, and for all, much easier than it is for muggles. It's almost hard to believe that they stay out of the muggle world, giving their penchant for meddling. In the first two movies, Hermione elects to fix Harry's eyeglasses instead of his eyesight, yet there might be a spell that could do it. On a larger scale, the Minister for Magic claims to have connections with the British Prime Minister, but the worlds are still separate. Today, a harsher and probably more realistic take on the story might see Voldemort try to take over the entire world. That is what he's doing! Is that not... He's taking over the wizarding world. He wants to kill all the muggle or enslave all the muggles. Do some do he wants to do something. He wants I, to I, do something. Question I, mark. I feel like the author of this uh, listicle forgot their premise like halfway through. <laughs> yeah, these aren't things that would change. These are just like criticisms. Uh number 1, plot holes in modernization. Obviously, everything from the actors to screenwriters would be different if the films were made today. I mean, it clearly isn't that obvious to Screen Rant if they had dedicated a whole segment to the crab actor wouldn't be crab anymore. But some details are so plainly mistakes that anyone can can spot them. 
For instance, Vernon tells Hagrid that he won't pay for Harry to attend Hogwarts, yet the topic of whether or not the school charges a tuition fee is never mentioned or clarified again. There are many other questions, especially about things like the Time Turner or Animagesis, but they remain unanswered. That's the end of the article. I do not think plot holes are that big of a deal in Harry Potter. Maybe there's some fridge logic here and there. I think that's like kind of unavoidable, but I just do not think it is that that big of a problem. I'm trying to think what I think the biggest plot hole is, and I'm not even coming up with anything. I, mean, I think the closest thing is Time Turner, but I don't care, right? Like, like the, the book goes out of its way to say, like, oops, we smashed all of them anyway, and I'm fine with it, right? Like, yeah. Like that, that, that works for me. I'm, I'm most curious about their example they chose here with Vernon saying he wouldn't pay for Harry to attend Hogwarts, but then we never find out how he does get the tuition. I think that's just Vernon being stupid and saying like, we're not paying for him to go to school. I don't think that has, I don't think Vernon has like looked at the syllabus or anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, um, Vernon's line, uh, after like when I can't remember what it what happens, but Vernon accuses Harry of like a plot to take their house. Oh, yes, when Harry when Harry has a Grimald place give uh, bestowed to him, and yeah, and he's like, yeah, you you just want us out of the house, so you can take this one. That's right. Yeah, you're gonna do a spell. You're gonna do a spell to take our house, and it'd be like Screen Rant, like uh, what what spell was Harry? Why didn't Harry <laughs> use a spell to take the house? <laughs> That's very I'm funny. so delighted by this. This is this is such a return to form. We have not been able to read an article like this in a long time. Is this the spin that that websites are going to do on Harry Potter from now on? Because it's like they they get clicks, obviously, mm. from from writing like listicles about it. But maybe instead of doing the like feel good um, articles, this is going to be the way they bring back that content. Is like oh. being like weirdly critical, but also like folding in Just the, doing the memes it. about about Gambon and and all of that. Yeah, just doing like top ten ways Harry Potter is problematic. Yeah, number one, J.K. Rowling. Uh, by the way, here's a link to buy some merch. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. I, I, that's yes. I think that might be where things go from here. Um, cause I'm sure they've written like basically all of these things exactly as is before, just in like a different list context. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like the crab one just came from like actors, crazy shit about the actors you didn't know. Right. Or something. Um, so I think, I think you might be right. I think that might be where things go, but you know what, you know what is constant? You know what will never change? Hmm. Butterbeer. That's true. Because it's cream soda. It is. This is from Cosmopolitan, the classic magazine. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter fans can now buy bottled butterbeer online. Wait, are we gonna get some? Are we gonna get some? We need to sip the the official butterbeer. I think I think we might need to do it. That's so messed um, up. We all know 2020 has been pretty much an absolute disaster so far, but every so often some good news does drop in our lap, like the fact that you can now buy bottled butterbeer online. This is what a oh, fucking fuck off. What a sad <laughs> existence. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> this, is, this sucks. This, <laughs> this is the most doom-pilled I've ever been. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, we all know 2020 has been an absolute disaster, but every so often, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can finally enjoy butterbeer from the comfort of your own home. Previously, Harry Potter fans could only get their hands on butterbeer on draft at the Warner Bros. Studio Tour London or Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Florida. But seeing as home is now where we spend most of our time, the lovely butterbeer bosses, the lovely butterbeer bosses decided I'm, I'm, to. I'm the Joker now. 
that's good i became the joker on the common room and you're you've become the joker here we're both the joker now hello two jokers on the podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. this is the this is now the laugh cast yep we're gonna talk about our plan to take over gotham city yep the lovely butterbeer bosses decided <sighs> to launch it in shops and online now you can pick up a bottle to take home at the platform nine and three quarters shop at King's Cross. Well, that's not online. That's at a train station. This is fucked. Oh, here we go. Uh, the Warner Bros. Studio Tour London shop or the Harry Potter shops uh, for Jesus Christ, six pounds a bottle. Jeez. That can't be right. That's like $10 for a bottle of butterbeer. Um, hold on. I'm opening the website. Is it really $10 for one? Oh, I guess it's a bigger bottle. It's like a. Is it like, like a growler? It, it looks kind of like one of those like craft beer bottles. It's like a little bigger than a normal bottle, right? Sure. Not quite a growler. So um, which which version? I mean, this just has to be the normal soda style version of it, right? So it's like ten different butter beer versions. Yeah, at this the just says park. bottled butter beer. The f- experience the fan favorite drink from the Wizarding World in a brand new way at home. Best served chilled and poured straight from the bottle. This delicious soft drink features a new take on the oh a new a new take on the oh. butterscotch fans know and love. This unique blend of top secret ingredients makes bottled butterbeer a must try for any aspiring witch or wizard. Brewed in the UK, bottled butterbeer is available to buy in souvenir glass bottles with a collectible label designed exclusively by Mina Lima. It's vegetarian, vegan, and gluten free. Oh, shipping available within the UK only. There's got to be a... Did they not do uh, a I'm US I'm saved. Version? It says... Oh, man. I was really hoping that we would try, try some butterbeer. <laughs> I'll take a look. I'll see if they, did a, if they did a US version later. But thank you to the butterbeer bosses uh, for, for putting that one online for us either way. Who are the butterbeer bosses? I So here's... Do they mean... The boss of Butterbeer, as in, like, do they mean that in, like, the business context? Or are they, like, or is that, like, like a boss? Like, I'm a Butterbeer boss. I'm a boss-ass Butterbeer this is just a, This is just a moment where it's, like, maybe you you have a mortal en- enemy out there that you didn't know about. <laughs> the Butterbeer boss? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I think whoever wrote the line Butterbeer Bosses is my mortal enemy now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Butterscotch drink comes in a souvenir glass bottle with each one featuring an exclusive collectible label. Oh, a collectible label. Whoa. Great. Designed by Mina Lima, a.k.a. the graphic artists on the Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts film series. While there's currently only one label available, you'll soon be able to get your hands on more collectible labels. BRB, just off to order our first ever Butterbeer. Great. <sighs> that i'm a critical hp here i'm a very very low hp here mm-hmm. just combined combined forces of cosmo and screen rant here really really duking it out for my brain <laughs> um lastly we do have uh one small update on the situation with fantastic beasts that we talked about last week so last week we talked about uh johnny depp filing to have his court date changed because it clashed with the presumed filming dates for the new Fantastic Beast movie. I, in the back of my mind, assumed that th- that was sort of a foregone conclusion, that it would just, like, 
go, you know? Like Yeah, like like, like of course, like courts move stuff all the time mm-hmm. and if you're if you're like rich and you have your multi-million dollar legal team and, mm-hmm. and all of that, it's just like, oh yeah, of course they'd move it. Yeah, like like just like honestly, like finally the paperwork seems almost like a formality at this point. That's that's kind of what I was assuming anyway. However, Amber Heard filed a like response to have them not move the court date because the new court date proposed in that would clash with the filming of the new Aquaman movie. And this is where things all lined up for me. And I realized that things are a lot crazier than I assumed last week. I just thought that not, you know, obviously not only did I assume that like this was sort of uh, a formality and that of course it would get moved, but I also assumed that like, because he filed it, there was sort of like an a tacit endorsement from WB, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I would sort of assume that like this went through the chain at WB and they were like, yeah, go ahead. However, Aquaman DC movie also mm. also a uh, WB movie. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? Uh, is there some internal fighting at WB? Did they did either of them ask WB about this? I am so curious. This 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 now has has escalated once more from just like oh I thought I I thought this was like confirmation of our filming dates to oh shit oh fuck this is still on fire. We're still in it, folks. I will say something very interesting about the uh, this situation is that if I was just from a pure cynical business point of view, if I if I were WB. And all Butter, I care about Butterbeer boss. If I was if I was the Butterbeer boss <laughs> and it was my job to just make the uh, most money for the company and I had no thoughts or morals aside from that. Mm-hmm. Aquaman made like more than twice what Grindelwald did at the box office the same year. Easy choice. Easy choice, I think, for you know which 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 actor you side with uh, uh, in your in your purely cynical um, pursuit of money right like i i just don't i don't know if if fantastic beasts has the like clout to go up against a dc movie at this point it for an internal power struggle right like mm-hmm. so there we go i just wanted to give an update on that i'm just very curious uh what on earth is going on with fantastic beasts like i said last week i was like oh if he's filing this this request surely wb knows and approves of it and this is just a formality, but uh, maybe not, um, which is which is interesting. Quite quite a backdrop for WB's funny funny wizard animal movie for like <laughs> ten year olds to have. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Is I just th- this goes beyond this case, right? I just feel like no one knows what Fantastic Beasts is supposed to be anymore because it's funny. It's funny animal movie for kids and teens. But it's also for like thirty year olds who want to see something dark and fucked up, and are want to see Grindelwald kill a baby. It was God. Crimes of Grindelwald is such a mess. I just think, like thinking about it and how like utterly immature that film is, <laughs> and but how like kind of like messed up the content is. What a terrible mismatch. <laughs> well, because you got like we got like a little taste of that in the first one because there's like it's a little different. Because there's like that, there's like that subplot with John Voight and his son running for state senate or whatever. Yeah, and my thought about that was that it should have been just completely cut out. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but it's like it's like clearly J.K. Rowling trying to like make like a serious adult Wizarding World plotline, right? 
did you see that quote from uh fogler by the way the like he, he's like knock on wood if we make five of these like he, even he's just going, <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know about this anymore um uh we have uh grindelwald in a lot of our chapters lately but yeah. mostly just one photo of him mm-hmm. where he's described as being like angelic looking and having like curly blonde hair and whenever that comes up do you just picture like johnny depp from that movie and go like how did they how did they land on that i keep picturing i keep picturing ian summerholder from the vampire diaries in the Ooh, 1800s I love that. but with blonde hair that's kind of <laughs> that's what i keep picturing just just him in that stupid bowler hat but he's got like golden locks spilling out uh that's, that's beautiful. That, that's no, my no wonder role. Harry's always noticing how handsome he is. <laughs> handsome. He's like, oh, I hope that guy has a whiskey that I can buy. Do you, th- do you picture him doing the like Ian Summerholder face too? Like that, the like one expression that he oh, does and yeah, everything. Uh, yeah, I'm just like fully, fully imagining that that <laughs> that that set photo of him in the flashback in the 1800s flashback. Yeah, where he's got the suspenders and like the puffy shirt uh, and the hat. <laughs> Like that that is just Grindelwald to me for some reason. That's all I can it's it's specifically the way that um it, like the way that in the in the dream sequence we we had a few chapters ago where like he's described as doing like a merry little backflip out the window. Yeah. I'm like I'm picturing that with like the vampire diaries special effects uh-huh. where they like speed where they speed it up really quickly and put a blur on it. Uh-huh. Like I'm just yeah, he's a, he's a CW vampire. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from him. I would love if they recast Johnny Depp uh with Ian Summerholder. Oh, can uh, you in ma- the last 3 movies? Ian Summerholder Grindelwald. That that, yes. God, that actor does that one face. It's like his one like intense mischievous face and he would just <laughs> do that the whole time. It would be really funny. Can you imagine him doing an English accent? Yes. <laughs> so clearly. <laughs> So clearly, I think that would be wonderful. I, and I think the great thing about Harry Potter is that it could there could just be one line in the beginning where he says like "got a new body," and it's like <laughs> wizards. So like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, like they they, yeah, you could just like make a cute nod to it, or you can just not say anything at all. All right, well, that's all we have for news. A quiet week, a nice return to the world of Screen Rant and product announcements, but we have an exciting chapter to get to this week we sure do um, oh, it's a fucking banger i'm so excited to talk about this this is chapter 17 it's called Bathilda's secret uh they're we're jumping in right where we left off they're still in the graveyard um and hermione thinks she sees something um and they they kind of are on guard um but harry's like oh maybe it was like a bird or something and they don't figure out what it is but uh to be cautious they put on the invisibility cloak uh and they try to leave godric's hollow uh or like find bethilda's house and they kind of walk the the separate way that they came in originally Uh, and they encounter the ruins of a house and harry realizes it's his parents house um and it's still blown up uh and there's a plaque that explains that it's a memorial and, and uh, like what it is and the muggles can't see it, et cetera. Um, and, and as they're, they're standing there and Harry is kind of taking in the site, they're approached uh, by a very, very old lady um, who appears to be able to perceive them from under the invisibility cloak. Um, Hermione gets a little freaked out, but Harry's like, oh, I think I, I get a good feeling about this. That this is um, Bathilda, I bet. And she has some sort of like Dumbledore-ish power to be able to see us under the invisibility cloak. 
I think this is all to Dumbledore's plan. And so he kind of goads Hermione into uh, following her back to her house. Um, we get the impression that she's like extremely old and frail. And Harry uh, kind of thinks to himself like, oh, I, um, I wonder if anyone's been here to look after her. It kind of smells bad at her house. Like, I don't know if she can take care of herself okay. Uh, and she starts to light some candles and Harry helps her. Uh, but she still won't speak um, and Harry looks uh, at some photographs that she has and recognizes one. Um, and it's the it's the mysterious boy um, from the vision with the beautiful uh, golden locks. It's Ian Summerhalder on the windowsill. And um, he asks her uh, who it is, but she still won't respond. She's continually ignoring Hermione. Um, and, she, and Hermione kind of tries to ask her, like, why'd you lead us here? Uh, until finally she indicates to Harry that she wants um, him to follow her up the stairs and, and leave Hermione downstairs. So he does. Um, and he's still, like, pretty trusting and is like, do you have something for me? Uh, is the sword... He's, he thinks that Dumbledore left the sword with her uh, to give to him. Um, and, and she kind of ushers him closer and is like, are you Harry Potter? And he says, yes. Uh, but she's not all with it. Um, and she finally indicates somewhere behind him. Um, and so he turns and looks. And in that moment, uh, Nagini the snake bursts out of her body um, and attacks him. And they uh, get in a, a fight. And um, Harry then like has a like a sort of vision of what Voldemort is is communicating with the snake or something and and it's like the snake is trying to hold him still while Voldemort shows up to get him and it was a trap the whole time. Um, Hermione uh, runs up the stairs because she hears there's some fighting and she does a big blast spell. Um, Harry escapes uh, Nagini. Um, but he was bitten. Um, and also because Voldemort, I believe, is like getting closer or is, is in the vicinity, Harry essentially enters like a fugue state three-way brain phone call with Nagini <laughs> and Voldemort and himself. And so he sees Voldemort see him and also him and Hermione escape in the nick of time. Um, and it's and then he goes into this recollection of Voldemort being pissed off that they left, and Voldemort is like, ah, I've failed again, and Tudor's down from the last time I failed to kill Harry Potter. Um, and we get a flashback of Voldemort on the night that James and Lily were murdered, and here like his like mental uh like inner monologue as he kills James and Lily. Um and Voldemort also, in his, like, rage and frustration, like, looks down at Nagini and also sees the smash photograph of Grindelwald and sees that it's the same picture of the guy from the vision. So it's, like, the guy he's looking for. Um, Harry wakes up, um, and they're in the tent after having escaped, and Harry's super injured. Um, but Harry wants to go and keep watch because Hermione's been watching over him all night. Uh, but when he asks for his wand, uh, the worst has happened. The wand broke in the big blast. Uh, and so he's like pretty, pretty messed up about that and, and pretty upset. Also, at some point in this chapter, Harry has like a brain blast and is like, oh, the guy in the, in the photo is the same, is from Rita Skeeter's book. That's where I know him from. Uh, that's the end of the chapter. Where has this book been this whole time? Yeah. This is so much better than anything we have read for fucking ever. <laughs> uh, it really, it really like, it paints a picture that there is a vision of this book in my head. That's like, I have the three pillars of what this book should have been. 
Number one, Evil Hogwarts. Number two, Heist. Yeah. Number three, Resident Evil. Yep. Just combine all three of those things and you have you have a fucking book there, my friend. Uh, yeah. J.K. Rowling, that one's free, I think. Uh, if you want to go back and rewrite this, go ahead. Take it. Take it from us. The, the, this is... This is such a good chapter, uh, like frustratingly good, honestly, compared to what we've been reading so far. I hope it's not the peak of this book, but I think it might be. It definitely is. I feel very strongly about this. Yeah. And, and like I got to the end of it and and like there's like, don't get me wrong. There's some stupid stuff in this chapter, but I got to the end and I was like, wait, that ruled. Well, because that the was thing, so cool. The thing that works about this chapter is the stuff that is. Like it is, it is simultaneously like a creepy horror chapter, but it is also like really fucking stupid cartoon villain stuff. Mm -hmm. And normally, I would one kind of find that to be a mismatch, or I like if it's it's a it's a weird ironic thing where it's like if this was a better book, other where like other wise, I would probably find this chapter worse. Mm. But. Because of the like, because that it is, it is this island of good content in the middle of a bad book. I am willing to go for to bat for some of the dumber stuff in it because it it is a it like harkens back to stuff that I like about the old books. Uh, it, it, even in its like kind of sillier moments, right? Like it's 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 just a real good. It's a big old bowl of comfort food if you like like the old Harry Potter books and like when it was sort of a comedy and liked when it was about a cartoon villain, snake man, uh, and liked when scary stuff happened. Every like it's just, it just hits, it's fine. It's firing on all cylinders. This is, this is so good. And it's weird, right? Yeah. Like what is <laughs> like, we're in book seven. Yeah. The books have been so long. We've been reading this for three years. Mm -hmm. What is this Resident Evil chapter doing here? <laughs> it fucking rocks. I don't know. Like, like it, from, from the beginning of it, where they're, like, being watched in the graveyard. And when you, when you, you know, when, you, when Bethilda finally shows up and you realize that there was, like, this creepy, like corpse lady watching them in the bushes in the graveyard that's so fucking cool and scary there's just it's got so many layers of just like good fun kind of trashy horror uh elements to it um and some also genuinely good character moments too but like the thing that really carries it is just like this the tone of deathly hallows so far has mostly just been malaise i think mm -hmm. and to get like a genuinely tense chapter uh, is so refreshing. Do you think that this was the vibe that she was going for when she wrote the um, pensive chapter where we see Voldemort's family? Yeah, I think that I think that's like a failed version of this. Yeah, it, it really it has a lot of similar elements, doesn't it? Like mm -hmm. like the, the 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 house description is almost the same, right? Like yeah, the like parcel tongue people too. Yeah, yeah, that's that the 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 the. Pensive chapter in book six is very like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm -hmm. and this has a little bit of that vibe as well. Um, yeah, it's it's just a lot more refined than that, and, and and it manages to be. I think you know partially because it involves characters that we know 
and isn't taking place in like the hollow deck where we know nothing can actually happen to anyone right like right like the fact that this is real real the real quote-unquote characters uh where there's real consequences and there's real tension uh it's uh it it just it just improves that archetype like tenfold <laughs> yeah i just think of it because i i do think that this chapter is honestly like a good self-contained like short story mm-hmm. as well yeah like it honestly it feels do you remember that um uh that weird thing that jk rowling wrote for charity and it's just like a chapter long and it is told from maybe Sirius's perspective. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe on the night of Lillian James dying. I'm not I'm not sure. I don't really remember the premise because I thought it was kind of boring. It has um, it's the one that has like Sirius and James like harassing the like street cop, right? And like they're on the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. It's it's fine. This reminds me of that. Mm. Not in, like, content or quality or how much I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but it almost feels like something that she could have written outside of existing in the books. Like, it's yeah. a perfect, like, standalone, like, especially the part where Voldemort, like, recounts what it was like from his perspective to kill Lillian James. Mm-hmm. It, it just feels like it's a little bit of extra stuff, but in, like, a good way. Like, yeah. it, it's all stuff that, like... I think people would want to know like mm-hmm. extra details about the the night that Lillian James died, mm-hmm. and and it just is a, a start to finish like horror story. Yeah, yeah. It it it, it kind of reminds me of the uh, Frank chapter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, like, I really enjoy the Frank chapter as its own little standalone creepy story set in the Wizarding world with like that just happens to have Voldemort in it, right? Mm-hmm. And this kind of like like you could you could write this chapter practically word for word and just swap out Harry and Hermione for someone else, yeah, uh, and have it be its own thing still, yeah, uh-huh. just some some other per- some other person or people that Voldemort wants to kill and and sets this trap up for right, yeah, like, like it really doesn't need to be them. It mm-hmm. certainly helps this book. That it is that it is them, but yeah. it, it is it is such a universally like just good scary campfire story that it, mm-hmm. it, it really could have been anyone. Um, and it makes use of the wizarding world in a way that like she just hasn't really up until like like so much of our, our like complaining about this book so far has been like how she seems bored with the universe she created mm-hmm. and like how you know all of the like most interesting spells and 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 themes and whatnot have just sort of been stretched into just being like boring tools to make the plot move forward without anything you know without any like whimsy or like you know flair uh but this this is like a fun return to like damn there's weird shit in the wizarding world like yeah the talking snakes are apparently like at least somewhat sentient uh they can control bodies like uh there's there's the bit with i mean like this is more of a a a cute moment but like the you know the the harry potter's old house being like a shrine to uh to his family is like weird and interesting and like you kind of get this vibe that this town is kind of like a weird pilgrimage spot for wizards which is like there's just so like the hooks that have been missing to that like 
to like make you th- think and like engage with the world that have been missing from this book are all here. Like it's it's really striking how different this feels. It gives me a little bit of a crisis because I can't I can't figure out how this exists in such a bad book. Like I'm like what why where did this glimmer come from mm-hmm. when it's so absent otherwise? Like I I don't think that I felt this way about Harry Potter since like book three. Maybe some parts in book four. Yeah. But it's hard to separate. It's hard to separate some of that like book four stuff from just nostalgia mm-hmm. of reading it as a kid. Whereas this book I have zero nostalgia for. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, this this rules. This, yeah, this is whips. so cool. I think I think it's like I think this chapter has, like and like I don't mean this to like belittle her act her writing skills, right? But I mean, like, who cares? I mean, whatever. Here, um, this is a complex belittle away. Story. Belittle away. Sorry, Joe. It is a complex story. Um, I, uh, I, I think that this book is bad. <laughs> Shocking, <laughs> uh, but not only is it bad, but I think that it is a confused book where it, like the author clearly doesn't know what any of the characters really want. Um, uh, and like, that's why we've had all these chapters of them fucking around in the woods and camping and being angry with each other. Cause it just feels like an extension of the author also not knowing what to do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think where this one just like accidentally stumbles into brilliance is this is the first chapter we've had, like, since maybe the heist, um, where the characters, every single character, not just Harry, like, has something they want to do. Like, Harry wants the sword. Uh, Voldemort wants to kill Harry. Hermione wants to help Harry. Like, like we finally have uh, a, 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 a interaction between a bunch of characters where all of them have different motivations and they're clashing and like it's a story right <laughs> with like themes and characters and and motivations and desires and and stuff and it like it's just it, it's just a you know individually in each chapter so far these characters have wanted stuff you know like Harry Harry has wanted to find the sword for a while Voldemort has obviously always wanted to kill Harry but like those things have existed in separate chapters in separate places uh, with not much else going on. And here they finally get to like, like interact. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it's just, I think it's just like, even, even in this bad book, if you combine a bunch of these plot elements and force them to like work together to tell a story, all of a sudden it becomes exciting again. Yeah. And I think this is a, a good example of like, characters being wrong and failing mm-hmm. in a way in a way that still feels satisfying yeah versus yeah. the just like malaise and having no real direction yeah well the, the wrongness of the characters in this chapter on all fronts feels very characterful for all of them finally rather than just like frustrating and like deliberately stonewalling the plot right mm-hmm. um I mean, like, like we'll we'll talk about it a little more in detail uh, uh, later on. But like, there's some like actual like good character development stuff happening here between like 
Harry and Hermione and like the specter of Dumbledore. And it's like probably entirely accidental, but like for just a it, it taking pretending this story is a uh, this chapter is like a short story that s- stands on its own. It's like, damn, it's fucking good. Yeah, I, I guess it makes sense why this is like one of the only chapters from this book that I remember. Yeah, that's kind of funny how that works, right? We've kind of been joking about the like haha, we're going to get to the the chapter where the snake jumps out of a lady, but turns out actually pretty fucking effective. Yeah, it's scary. Shall we kind of walk through this step by step? Because it's not yeah. it's not super long. So we start in the graveyard. Uh, they finish putting the flowers on the grave and then Hermione senses something. Um, and right off the bat, there's a really characterful moment that I really like, which is Harry saying or thinking to himself, uh, he thought of a history of magic. Uh, uh, the graveyard was supposed to be haunted. What if? And I'm just thinking, like, that's <laughs> Harry's, like, muggle mode kicking back in again. <laughs> because, like, Harry Harry is friends with ghosts. But, yeah. like, just in in this, in this like, spooky situation, he's just naturally very scared. Uh, uh, because, you know, because it is a spooky graveyard. But I just love the idea of him going, like, oh, my God, it's haunted. Like, yeah, man, <laughs> there were ghosts at school. They're probably just, like, if you saw a ghost, you'd be like, hey, how's it going? You know, like, uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a very characterful moment for Harry as they're kind of leaving the graveyard here. Yeah, Hermione also kind of gets her moment, which is where Harry's like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. No one's going to, no one is going to know it's us. We're disguised. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you dummy. We put flowers on your parents' grave on Christmas <laughs> Eve. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's that. Then there, this is the beginning of, um, Harry's behavior in this chapter being very Dumbledore-esque mm-hmm. uh, it, when he, uh, you know, he kind of inspects the, the like the broken snow that he sees and like the, the rustling that he heard. And he he says like, oh, it's a cat uh, or, or, or a bird. Uh, but if it was a Death Eater, it would be dead by now. Let's get out of here and we can put the cloak back on. Um, and then it goes on to say. Uh, he did not feel as sanguine as he had pretended to be when reassuring <laughs> Hermione, which is very telling, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, like Harry's, Harry is, is behaving, I mean, like, we, we, we've talked a lot about, like, uh, uh, last, last chapter when, when he visited the grave and how he, like, finally we get some sort of, like, satisfying evolution of the, like, is the book my dad plot with him wishing he had shared this important like family moment with Dumbledore. Right. Yeah. Um, and then this is him behaving like his, like his newly, like this, 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 his, his newly decided surrogate father that he's decided on. And he's just behaving like him now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like leading Hermione around very confidently without actually knowing anything about what he's doing. Right. Um, it's a great start to this chapter uh, that ends in, you know, disaster. It drives me crazy that Dumbledore's not evil. Yeah, th- there's so much stuff in this. Ch- this this sh- chapter is like maybe the strongest uh, thing in book seven so far for like Dumbledore's the bad guy. I think mm-hmm. it is so laden with like you know, like I said, like Harry emulating Dumbledore and just kind of like fucking it up. Uh, like the 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 entire like 
assumption that Harry is operating under that like, oh, Dumbledore wanted me to go here. So obviously I need to behave like him and just like follow this very vague plan um, like it's like preordained or whatever. Very good. I, I yeah, it is. It is so it, 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 this could have God, this could have been a short story. This just could have been its own short story about, about like deconstructing Dumbledore or something. Honestly, it's very it's very interesting from that perspective. It's it's definitely leading us down that path. I mean, like, obviously, much more heavy handed with the Rita Skeeter book stuff. I yeah. just it drives me crazy that the answer is just uh, no, he's good. Actually, I really yeah. I love the part in this chapter where uh, Bathilda uh, Nagini is perceiving them as Harry and Hermione from under the invisibility cloak, mm. which is so creepy. Yeah. And and is obviously like something is not right. Mm-hmm. Um and Harry because of his faith in Dumbledore and and specifically goes out of his way to say um to himself that the way that Bethilda is is perceiving them must be to Dumbledore's plan because it's right. a very Dumbledore-ish thing to do. He's thinking back to Dumbledore seeing him under his cloak. Yeah. Uh, at the mirror of Erised. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so cool. That's so scary. But but it's like he's being led down the wrong path. Yeah. Well, there's this is the, so one of the things that about the Dumbledore story that is so frustrating is that it. I think that at some point in book six or book seven, J.K. Rowling did realize that Dumbledore seemed more sinister than she intended, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that that like converts from a like uh, a story about Harry, because like the 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 really the really great story in book four of Harry realizing that the fake Moody is fake Moody. And is not who he thinks he is. And that like maybe there are adults who don't have his best interest in mind. Um, That is like still one of the most powerful Harry Potter things. And to (laughs) follow up from that with Dumbledore. Like like, like, I feel like it's so clear that the end goal of that plot should have been or could have, you know, should have, should have, could have, whatever. Um, But but could have been Harry then after you know discovering that someone was like literally physically not who he thought he was for harry to realize that dumbledore is maybe more figuratively and more importantly like uh, uh or sinisterly also not who he thinks he is right mm-hmm. um and and kind of piece together that like oh my god this guy is using me he has used people his whole life so on and so forth um instead outside of this chapter it just sort of becomes it it, it it like suddenly shifts from being a like story about becoming more weird like wary and cynical about like adulthood to it being a crisis of faith story uh like like a religious allegory where dumbledore is 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 some sort of godlike figure for harry who who you know needs to believe in him to uh to 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 
complete his mission, which is very confusing and, and like, like muddy because there's also another religious allegory happening in this story. But it, 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 uh, it, it just becomes about like, no, actually, you should have had faith in Dumbledore this whole time kind of thing, from what I remember, at least. Yeah, yeah, I just can't imagine how it's, it feels so like tacked on at the last minute. And like, don't, don't hear this wrong. I'd like there's Christian themes and and references mm-hmm. from the very first book. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. But it just pivoted to blatant allegory in the last two books. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like it kind of makes no sense. Like I like I can I can track it, you know. It makes sense. I understand that Harry's having his crisis of faith and all of this, but it just doesn't there's no through line. Well, the weird thing I is that it, it, the weird thing about it is that it goes from like in the early books it's like very it's almost like unconscious. It's 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 a Christian allegory in the same way that like anyone with a Christian background would pull those elements together, right? Because that's how a lot of stories yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, especially especially if you're writing kids' books that are that are sort of moralizing. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to pull from your unconscious moral background. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, the it's themes very, are going to be there. The references are going to be there. Yeah, it's it's very easy to to like write something that is you know Christian esque without actually intending to. Right? It's just like that. This is the culture that is embedded in a lot of writers. Um, but it's 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 that shifting from unconscious to conscious while all the con- con- like unconscious stuff is still there that makes these books so confusing, right? Because there's mm-hmm. we have Harry who is literally Jesus in this book, very intentionally like a like a resurrect resurrection of Christ story. Um but we also have a slightly more unconscious crisis of faith story happening at the same time. Uh and it 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 it, it it's a little muddy. Um, but I will just say it's, it's a lot easier for me to swallow this stuff just because this chapter is such a good, like standalone thing on its own. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm becoming a, I'm becoming a snake chapter truther. And Mm -hmm. I believe that this is this, this short story on its own is the only thing we ever saw from book seven. And it was a wonderful, wonderful conclusion it was a little short but it we got a creepy story and we learned that dumbledore was a bad influence on harry that's that's my that's my new takeaway it's so cool it's so fucking cool um there's so many good like horror movie tropes in this too there are so many moments where like there's this bit where they're leaving the graveyard and harry like looks at the christmas party and like thinks for a moment like oh maybe we should just go in there and it's such it, it's such a like horror movie like deciding to like go to the haunted house thing or whatever uh-huh. moment right or like, like like I love it I love how many little moments like that there are in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so then they so they leave the graveyard and then they visit the house that Harry's parents blew blowed up in. Yeah. What do you think of this bit? Um, I think I think it's neat. I think, like, there's some stuff in here, other like, other than the obvious, like, Nagini puppeting the dead body thing around. I'm so intrigued by what dark magic is that we never find out about. I love the line where Harry's Harry thinks to himself, like, um, like, maybe they couldn't fix it. Uh, oh, right. Because yeah. in the same way that you can't, like, heal um, dark magic wounds, like my scar and, like, Bill's, like, cool cool witcher scars maybe you can't <laughs> rebuild a house 
that's been blown up by dark magic. And it lets it sort of be ambiguous. Like, I, I get that the plaque yeah. says that it was left there uh, as as a memorial, but but I, I think that the question still is, like, allowed to hang. Um, and that that's the other thing about this chapter, is that there are so many questions that just let, like, are allowed to exist mm. and aren't just, like, literally explained to you at every moment. Yeah, there's, so there's, the thing about the house I find, so there's, there's the really dumb plaque, mm-hmm. which I thought was very funny, where it says it's been left as a monument to the potters and a reminder of the violence that tore apart their family. I love that because it's it's such a, like, passive voice government plaque thing. Because it makes it set, like, like, like the, the, the story that that sentence tells. Did you see the... Um, that hilarious i think it was like a politico article about um uh 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 john kennedy the third losing his election for oh, his yeah. primary right uh-huh. and there's that tweet that said like it's a real shame that the voters didn't turn out for him uh he's lived he's like lived in the shadow of gun violence <laughs> his whole life and yeah. like referring to jfk and rfk and it's like well I mean, I guess technically those were gun violence, but when people are talking about gun violence, they don't mean like political assassinations, <laughs> right? Um, and that's kind of the vibe I got from this plaque where it's like, it's such a weird passive way of saying that like, yeah, the fucking evil snake wizard blew these guys up. Um, yeah, like I could I could see an act of violence tearing apart a family, but in this case, <laughs> this case it's like, they literally got torn apart. Usually when you say that, you're referring to, like, an act of violence, like, within, the, like, intrafamilial violence, right? Like, like not the evil, the evil wizard came to the door and blew everyone up. Yeah, or, like, um, violence happened and then the remaining members of the family, like, couldn't be around each other or, or, yeah. so, or like, something. Um, not, not this, where it's like they were blown up. Mm-hmm. But there's but there's a there's an interesting like angle to this that I again just feels like it fell out of a better book and a better short story or like you know this is a short better short story in a in a shitty book of like Harry Harry and Hermione wondering why this house hasn't been rebuilt and Harry specifically going like oh maybe maybe dark magic maybe you can't fix the house or mm-hmm. whatever. It is, I mean, like, and, and this plaque and everything, like, it's very on the nose, but I love it, that it's just this, like, this is, like, just a symbol of, like, unhealed trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And, but the thing that is 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 interesting about it is that Harry is coming across this, and, you know, obviously he, he you know, he's just visited this grave, this is, the you know, his, his first time finally facing that trauma face-to-face, like and, and getting some sort of closure to it uh, on it and then the wizarding world like kind of as a broad whole just has not moved past this like war right mm-hmm. like like the, it, it is just such a good easy symbol of that um and um, like for harry to be kind of tangled up in that uh is very interesting um you know he he's he's just gotten some sort of closure for himself but the world at large has not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that um, we've talked about this before, but um, 
it is very clear to me that J.K. Rowling is not very good at any sort of like zoomed out machinations, like politically mm-hmm. or about about the world. Like mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think her stories about that are are good or very well thought out. But she is uh, much better. This is a complex story. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I forgot uh, to tell you. I got I got the soundboard up and running. I again. I thought that we'd been infiltrated for a second. Um, <laughs> but but when when she writes a personal story that hints at a wider world, like you said, like obviously this is a story about Harry finding closure, but then it is a very obvious symbol of, of unhealed trauma in this community and the wider, the wider world that works mm-hmm. so much better. It's fantastic. And, and it, again, it could, it could be similar to like what we were saying about like the, the more broad Christian themes in the early books. It could just be entirely unconscious. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it any worse. Like it's, it's just like, it, it, you know, a lot of, a lot of great moments in art are totally accidental, but like it is, uh so unclear what what she thought was happening here but nonetheless it is a scene where you know harry wonders you know why why do they not simply rebuild the house right uh after after having the very horrible like painful experience of finally visiting this grave right like uh godric's hollow is probably the most real feeling zone in harry potter <laughs> yeah high level pvp zone uh-huh here yeah uh, but yeah no i i agree it's it's the first it's the first time one of these like communities they visited outside of hogwarts has felt like it has like a sense of place hogsmeade has always felt like such a missed opportunity i think it's just capitalism world you know it's just stores it's just it's literally just stores it's cool stores that they like like to go to i i have Um, i have such a clear picture of this like christmassy like small village with with this plot of land with a blown up house that's been there for you know 17 years and a a mm -hmm. war memorial in the square and like the little church with the attached graveyard um yeah like people live there yeah, it feels much more real than Hogsmeade or or even like Diagon Alley, which is also a capitalism world, right? Mm-hmm. Like I like Diagon Alley scenes cuz they're always very fun and cozy, but they are just like stores. It's a shopping district and then Hogsmeade is like a smaller shopping district and then this is finally a place that like even though Harry, you know, never talks to anyone from here, this feels like a real a real village now. It's very Godric's Hollow is one of the only like locations that isn't one that you just pass through you know because yeah. it's like hogsmeade is the mall Diagon Alley <laughs> right. is the mall yeah uh, hogwarts is a school like a boarding school that you go to for seven years and then leave right but this is like the first like residential area that we've ever seen yeah we've not really seen wizards or muggles at home aside from the dursleys right we have like the borough where people live but again that's just like one house that we're in Mm-hmm. It's not the community. Yeah, it's it's it, we, yeah, it's like it's we, we finally have a spot that like you know, or at least is somewhere that is at least implied that like multiple families. If, and also Muggles. That's the other important part. Is like we see the wizarding stuff here, but like this is also a Muggle community, and this is maybe one of the first times that Muggles have felt like properly humanized in this story in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like Muggles are so 
like even even though this whole story is about like how you know oh it doesn't matter who you are or whatever but like muggles have always felt very like looked down on even by the story's voice um and it's it's interesting to see this like cozy little Id- idyllic village that like finally seems like a place where like oh these are like real people who who have a community and whatnot it's very it's very sweet uh in in a way yeah i i I guess i don't know this for sure but i i feel like it is sort of implied that like we we see this like christmas eve service at the local church and and you kind of just have to assume that there's wizards there too in this world where wizards are also christian for some reason (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that 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 part's a little weird but like yeah because the statue is part of the town this this uh godric's hollow memorial is part of this town like the implication is that this is a community where they're all coexisting and that's kind of the first like we've we, you know we've we know that there are characters who go to london and whatnot but like we've we've just never seen like that happening before and even though it's all kind of in the background in this chapter it's very effective i think i still think it is a huge missed opportunity to make the um statue and also the blown up house not visible to muggles yeah that i am a little curious about um the it's it's like i don't know how they would handle it just because like the statute of secrecy is like a a known thing in the story at this point but like it would be it would be nice to have them be at least somewhat more visible than they are like at least not hidden completely right like maybe the muggles just don't know what they are really but uh i mean i think it would be neat if even like the blown up house had like a plaque that said like in memoriam like in memoriam james and lily potter you know with like dates or or whatever and then yeah. like there's a hidden line about voldemort that appears if yeah. you're a wizard or like it says it's a gas leak if you're a uh muggle or and it was voldemort if you're not right something something like that because uh, i i think i still stand by what what i said we, we, we both talked about last week about how like it it feels like a missed opportunity that like this is not you know when harry is like going like damn i wish dumbledore was here to like share this pain with me i i wish that there was some sort of indication that the potters like existed outside of existing for harry right mm-hmm. uh uh you know like like some, some someone else coming and saying like yeah i miss the potters or like yeah the potters sounded like they were great people or something like that just something to like make the world feel a little more interconnected and bigger right yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. and I want to see that intersection of like wizard and muggle lives cuz they do yeah. need to be humanized. And and it it is unfortunate I think that the book um is torn between the fantasy of finding out you're a wizard and going to live with the cool secret wizards <laughs> who are like funny and cool all the time and just like frankly better than muggles in every way. But yeah. also trying to do this like muggles are oppressed thing. Yeah, and this could be a good I feel like this could be a good redo. Yeah, it's um this is the best version of the uh, version of it that we've gotten so far. It is it is very hard to get around the fact that like this is supposed to be a story uh, like all of a sudden a, a story that is now about like oppression of like different magical races or like you know in this case non-magical races right and it's like it's gone from an allegory about like closed-mindedness which is what muggles used to be 
representation for to like oh no they're like literally just like humans without the superpowers that these other humans have mm-hmm. and that's a little i mean like it's fraught in many ways but it's also just like a very awkward transition just just from a storytelling perspective um i think this is the closest it has come to just like saying like yeah they are all equal they all live in the same place they go to the same church for christmas service stuff they all apparently are all part of the same religion so there's there's also like maybe a little sinister like undercurrent to it that's a little accidental but it it is at least like portraying them as equals right as opposed to i mean i guess there's a side of this where it's like almost like you could write it as the wizards being bad here like why why are they hiding that james and lily were killed why are they hiding that that the people that they like went to church with were murdered. <laughs> That's true. There's, I wonder, there's like kind of a little implication here that like, you know, the muggles can't see the house. Maybe the story is that like, I mean, like we, we know that the wizards can do memory charms, right? Did they just like make everyone forget about the potters? I, that's super cool and fucked up i just don't think that's yeah. what it's trying to do because i think <laughs> i think that the the series and the franchise is way way too invested in us like needing to unquestionably want to be wizards that is mm-hmm, the, that is mm-hmm. the fantasy right yeah yeah well there's you, the, you there's have the... to go to the theme park and buy butterbeer <laughs> no we can order online now thanks for the butterbeer bosses <laughs> There's there's another element to it, too, which I think ties in also to, like, the accidental, like, makes wizards look bad thing. Which is that um, they're, like, t- speaking of, like, the house is, like, a symbol of, like, this, like, collective trauma that's gone unhealed, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that, like, they're hiding that. Like, this is a community that is, like, hiding this big deal uh from a community that they're also a part of right yeah and it's Um, right there and it's right in front of them it's right there uh and it's like there's a multiple there's multiple ways to read that that i I think are all pretty interesting like is this like shame is it like wizards thinking less of muggles and like you know like oh well obviously we can't tell them about this horrible thing that we're not over right like there's there's a lot of ways to take that um that i think are fascinating and and like just again feed into this chapter's success is like its own little short story in a weird way of just like it there are so many little like hooks and little paths off the you know off to the left and right there's like there's a lot of interesting questions i have about this chapter that i'm glad aren't explicitly answered you know yeah i mean it i'm thinking about the wider war you know Mm -hmm. and and it and it is it is quite sinister and you and you have the house as this like unhealed trauma for this community but but if you zoom out even further and and try to ignore that apparently the war was like voldemort and his 12 guys going around and killing people and um, something zombies and some zombies um yeah like i think that a big part of it is that voldemort was going around murdering muggles and having and and torturing people's like muggle families and yeah. killing their kids and 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 so really in the world there were these superhumans going around doing like horrible horrible like cry like violent crimes to muggles <laughs> at random and then the wizard government steps in and, and and wipes all their memories and said no it was a gas leak or no it was an accident or no it was a car <laughs> it was a car wreck yeah. Yeah. That's like so fucked up. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, they don't even get crazy. to know about their own trauma. Yeah, they don't get to know what actually happened. I mean, which is a thing that happened to Harry in book one. Like he was told that his parents died in a car crash. And I, the I'm, wizards... I'm going. I'm going like full. Like I'm like. First, I started was like, why is Dumbledore an evil? And I'm like, how did this book series end without the Wizarding world being evil? <laughs> right. Yeah. The wizards are yeah. the villains. Yeah. The wizard. The wizards are have been doing to the Muggles what the Dursleys were doing to Harry all through book one, mm-hmm. like all through his life up until the beginning of the story. Uh, and that is interesting. It's interesting that Harry doesn't notice it. It's interesting that Harry just kind of like Dumbledore's his way through this whole his this whole chapter and fucks it up. Uh, it's yeah, it's just another case where I'm like, I don't even really care how intentional all this stuff was. It's just a fascinating story, right? Like it stands it stands alone in a way that a lot of these chapters have not for a while. Yeah. Um, lots of good character moments too. Like I mentioned, you know, I mentioned in the graveyard scene that like Harry kind of goes muggle mode about ghosts and then also <laughs> you know, like like he, he kind of starts uh uh kind of betraying to, or not betraying to hermione how scared he actually is and how little of a plan he actually has and, and kind of like goes like oh no it's fine we're good we'll just leave there's this great moment with the plaque where they see that it is covered in graffiti mm-hmm. and hermione has a very hermione reaction to it and harry's is a little surprising it, yeah, Hermione. Hermione says to Harry. I mean, I think she's trying to be comforting. I think that she both believes what she's saying and is trying to be comforting to Harry mm-hmm. by, by saying um, they shouldn't have written on this. Right? It's like the proper thing. You don't. You don't go and write on a on a memorial. And and mm-hmm. Harry's response is, "Oh, I'm glad they did. It's brilliant," or something, which is so unHarry to me. Yeah, it's a wrong line. I think he either doesn't care or he's mad about it, depending he, on the version of Harry we get. So he 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 does. It says he beams at her, mm-hmm. and I think I think that he is. I think that he is genuinely moved by it, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I think that where where it becomes very unHarry is him vocalizing that mm-hmm. because this is a. Like and, and like this is like a, a weirdly meta observation, I guess, because like Harry is the POV character, so he doesn't speak as often just because that's like how these stories work, right? Is like he sure. thinks most of his characterization to us. Um But the this scene where like Hermione thinks that the improper thing is bad, and then someone thinks that the improper thing is good and funny. Like, that's Hermione and Ron's characters. Harry's response to this, if Ron had been there, would be to, like, wordlessly look at it and think about it, because he's the protagonist and we get his thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And so it's this weird moment where Harry is, like, stepping out of being the protagonist for us into being a friend for Hermione. Or, like, for, like the it's just... It is it is a it is a scene where I'm I'm not 100% sure if that is for the sake of the audience or for the sake of Harry's characterization or both, but it is a very unHarry moment, right? Like he just wouldn't have said anything cuz he's the he thinks all of his character thoughts to us. Um this is the this is the most I've ever been um <laughs> uh Ron is time traveling Dumbledore pilled. Oh, God, um, I wish. <laughs> because because this um response that Harry has to the plaque is both 
more Ron and Dumbledore. And I think it right, like unites yeah. their characters in a weird way because it's both like Ron's line for sure. But it mm-hmm. also is a very Dumbledore type thing to say, which I like Harry in trying to emulate Dumbledore here and like venerate him. It, it comes across as Dumbledore being like this, like kindly, um, like grandfatherly being very accepting of like kids and their mischief. Yeah. Uh, type of guy. Yeah, it's um it's a great moment. Again, a great moment that I have no idea how intentional it was, but I don't care. It's a great moment. And um, and Ron Ron is time traveling Dumbledore. Ron is time traveling Dumbledore. Confirmed. That's right. Um but here is where we fucking get into the real shit. It's Resident Evil time. It's Resident fucking Evil time. Uh this description of Bethilda, like, hobbling up the lane and then stopping and looking at them under the cloak is so fucking creepy. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, I, it's so, it is, it is perfect horror because it is, it is immediately apparent that something is super duper wrong and having the protagonist be like, no, it's fine. Yeah, it, it, it is, it's classic horror. Everything, like, every alarm is going off and Harry is just like, oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna solve this. Like here she is. It's that it's it's Matilda. We've been looking for her this whole time, um, <laughs> and it'll be fine. She has the sword for me. Great. Uh, uh, I love when people who have swords for me can see through my invisibility cloak and uh, don't talk. And my polyjuice potion disguise. <laughs> and smells a little bit like decaying meat. Y- yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so creepy. The 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 there's the. There's the moment before she stops, too, where, like, so they they kind of observe her waddling towards them, and they kind of watch as she draws near, and then she stops and, like, stares at them. And, like, Hermione, like, pinches Harry's arm, like, she's clearly freaked out, and it's like, this is the moment where you just run away, right? Like, you just, like, (laughs) this is wrong. This is bad. Um, But instead, Harry is, like... No, this is good. Uh, I I love everything about this. This is like the creepiest, coolest thing that has happened in this whole whole series. I think this is the most fun magic has been in books and books. Like, and and the thing is, is that there is like no explicit Harry Potter style magic in it, right? Like, no mm-hmm. one is like pointing their wands and saying a magic word and having something happen. Yeah, but it it is just all totally ambiguous dark magic and And it's it's, scary it's the promise of the unknown and surprise like which has been missing and it's playing with the rules of what we know right with like the invisibility cloak and the and the polyjuice potion but like the answer is is that it's a snake and it's like smelling them or something or like perceiving them in a way that we can't understand um and and the other thing that that really served as well is on top of having fun magic again it also finally after this book has been so sloppy with this this whole time finally has all of the like clever clue dropping stuff that jk rowling has been so good at in the past yeah like there's so like so for one like it's creepy but like the uh Bethilda like not speaking until Hermione's out of earshot is a clue. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the the stinky house smell is a clue. The way that she's moving really awkwardly is a clue. Like, you know, these are all paid off within this chapter, but like, we we haven't had anything just this like you know, uh, uh, set up and set up and payoff, uh, like mysteries in this book. We haven't had anything like that in fucking ages. It's yeah. delightful, and it's like such um like proof of concept. For something that really is just a satisfying like clue and answer within one chapter where it's like you read it and you know what's happening because you've read it before, but it is still satisfying because it's like set up like a mystery is supposed to be set up. And it's mm-hmm. so it's so fun to see those clues and be like, oh, it's so creepy because you know what's happening. It's really good. I There's also so many good, ama- like just little character moments in this too. I love when Hermione is like, I'm not so sure about this. And Harry just says, look at the size of her. I think we should, we could overpower her if we had to. Like Harry just imagining suplexing this ancient old lady is so funny to me. <laughs> what a stupid thing for him to think. <laughs> that too, right? Because it's, yeah, they're in the wizard world. It doesn't fucking matter. She has a gun. Like, Yeah, but and that's so cool that he is like, like you said with the graveyard scene, like he's in muggle mode. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like still thinking you know because he's never been that attentive about the wizarding world right uh and that's really backfiring on him here like hermione knows right away that something is wrong about this but because she trusts harry she is just led into danger here mm-hmm. um willingly where and he it's it's entirely harry's fault he is very stupid in this in this scene um uh, but he, yeah, he just, he is, he is behaving with Hermione the same way that Dumbledore has behaved with him. And I, I thought about this and it's very interesting to me that he is behaving this way because the myth of like Dumbledore's, um, like thinking 10 steps ahead thing. Mm-hmm was unraveled. For, like, I, I would say like maybe one of the one good parts of the end of book six is the way that like the myth of Dumbledore is sort of unraveled when he uh, uh, comes back from the 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 bone herding juice cave mm-hmm. and Hogwarts is fucked. He was outsmarted by a teenager and he like gives this meandering speech to him about like, oh, you can you can join the good side and just fails biffs it immediately. Right. Like, <laughs> like I feel like that 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 should have to maybe a more observant character. This isn't a complaint. This is just like a, an observation of like the, the characters and themes here, but like, you know, a, a smarter, more observant character than Harry might have been a bit more introspective about what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Harry is so like zealously in his own words, Dumbledore's man, right? Yeah. Like he doesn't consider that and just goes like, well, if I behave, if I just say, if I just like you know fake it till I make it, I'll be just like Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. I'll get out of this situation, and that really fucking backfires on him and Hermione here. It is really strange to me that this is a crisis of faith story, except Harry never wavers in his faith. Like the, like, <laughs> like the idea that like he is having this, and 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 it's all in his internal monologue, and he's like, "What if Dumbledore wasn't so great? He didn't take me to the graveyard. What if Ariana?" was just like me. But whenever he needs to take action, he's always like, oh no, this has to be the Dumbledore's plan. Yeah. 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 He, it's, 
it's like he never breaks with him actually which i which i guess maybe is very very christian crisis of faith is that you have these questions but you don't break with it i think it's very interesting to consider this thinking about uh dumbledore's own lines to harry in like the first book where he's like it doesn't matter um it's you know it's our actions that make us who we are harry right and harry never as far as i remember you know i i remember so little about the rest of this book i could be forgetting something but like i don't think harry ever acts against dumbledore he thinks about it but he never acts against him um which does make it very similar to like a tragic crisis of faith story right where like People think about it, but they never break out of the routine. Yeah, it almost feels like that little kid thing where it's like, oh, if I think I hate God in my head, will he get mad at me? Because he can like read my thoughts, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. If I is it is it being is it being naughty to think that I hate Santa? Right. <laughs> like it's it, but it's yeah, it's it's very childlike. It's very funny. And it again god if this was just a short story it would i think this would be like maybe the best illustration of like how fucked dumbledore has like gotten harry's brain at this point um uh because it because it is it it is quite striking how how harry's behaving here Mm -hmm. and how badly it's working for him and how it's like it's like it's like all of this book in like all of this series is taking place in this chapter in like super fast forward. Yeah, uh, and he with... just keeps getting burned over and over and over again, and he keeps putting his hand back in the fire, which I think is really cool. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I love, I love, I love stories like that. I yeah. can't, I can't imagine how it's gonna wrap that up as like, no, it, it was good actually. Yeah, well, I mean, th- I th- that is part of what I think is so fascinating about this chapter is that it is so strong from that perspective, which I am pretty sure is like entirely incorrect, right? Like we, we know that Dumbledore is going to be the good guy. We know that Harry's going to name his son after him. Cause he's the coolest guy he ever knew. Um, but like, I almost don't care about that because it, it, it all, that almost makes this more fascinating. Mm-hmm. Right. Like this is, this is not only like Harry coming up to the, the edge of like understanding the deal with Dumbledore. Um, it's like, this is JK Rowling coming up to the edge of her own understanding of Dumbledore and like getting this close to it. Yeah. And, and, and moving past it. Right. Like that on its own is kind of fascinating. It's just about the only thing that makes me interested in, um, seeing how Fantastic Beasts concludes. Like, I don't think those are going to be good movies, but I am right. so fascinated by this idea of her really wanting to reckon with this character of Dumbledore so much so that, like, it's all she wants to write about. And I'm like, what? She fucking what? loves Dumbledore. What do you think about that? I can't figure it out. It is it is fascinating. Yeah, she is so enamored with this character to the point where, like, it seems like, you know, at least from this chapter, it seems like she might even be blind to just how weird he is really is right Mm -hmm. like that is so interesting and so fascinating i am like this is like the first time in a long time i have been like like this this is the first time in a long time you know what just for this specific 2007 jk rowling Mm -hmm. uh i am doffing my hat and giving the auteurs respect because because (laughs) 
she's clearly, like I said, uh, uh, on the edge of realizing something that just never comes to fruition, I don't think, but wrote a very interesting chapter about it on accident, and I like it. I like that. Yeah, a little bit revealing in some weird ways. Very revealing. Very revealing. I I think in a lot of ways, especially now in 2020 reading this, it has been a little bit grueling because I think a lot of the stuff in here is revealing in a shitty way, like her, yeah. like in, in, but not in an interesting way because it's all like, oh, you hate women. Yep, got it. <laughs> like, I, I, I got, you know, that's not interesting. Uh, like a lot of stories have that stuff. Um, but this is, this is a weird one. Yeah, this is a lot more, yeah, this is a, a, a more interesting, like, quirk of hers, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh um it's yeah i just i i i can't heap enough praise on how presumably mostly accidentally this chapter like illustrates the harry dumbledore relationship without dumbledore even being there um it is it is such a sad and frustrating and and like interesting thing to read with like harry just like leading hermione around and like fucking everything up for both him and her in a completely avoidable situation just walk away from the scary old lady who can see under your fucking invisibility cloak like seriously it i I think that also like with dumbledore being dead and gone it feels like a very sad thing that harry is still just like walking around on earth and being like don't it's fine Dumbledore will have set all this up for me he's going to figure it out especially when when such a big theme of Harry Potter is about leaving the world you know yeah yeah it's I I love I'm so fascinated and and like delighted by like Harry's dumb idea of what's happening here (laughs) Uh like what does he think does he think that this weird like tiny old woman who waddles around and can't talk apparently uh like went to dumbledore's office or something and was like okay here's what's gonna happen when you die you're gonna give me the sword and (laughs) harry potter will come and get it from me i'll walk up to him really creepy uh (laughs) creepy style in in you know i'll watch him in a graveyard uh and then I'll, i'll give him the sword and then we'll all be yeah we'll be home in time for christmas right like it's just it's so like his his I mean like and to be fair like if you are someone who like you know venerates Dumbledore all of Dumbledore's plans are basically that fucking stupid cuz he doesn't yeah. have any plans he just he just has like a really high charisma stat yep right like he he Dumbledore never was that as uh uh you know genius and like you know th- he wasn't the the 3D chess master that everyone kind of behaves like he is because we see his plans how flimsy they are in in book six um and i yeah i just love the idea that harry is so blind to that he's just like oh yeah he's this guy has puppet mastered this whole insane plot to get this creepy old lady to give me a sword right like it's just so ludicrous on its face but like i can't really blame him for thinking that because that's what dumbledore the one the one 3d chess plan that dumbledore did pull off was making harry robocop for him right so like it's yeah it's really it's really sad it, it it's just like i think a really fun way to deconstruct the earlier books because they obviously need to because the books have become like really 
uh, like more mature as they've gone along. And I think that like the first first few books, like I think you can take Dumbledore at his word in a kid's book that like when Harry goes and fights Quirrell and he's like, I knew you, you deserve to face him or whatever he says. And it's like so stupid, but it's like a kid's book. So it's like, yeah, Harry had to face Quirrell at the end. And you can just kind of close Philosopher's Stone and be like, yep, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a kid's book for you. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as you're making it more mature, it makes sense to me to have Harry deconstruct what happened when he was 11 and go like, Wait, did Dumbledore just, like, say that shit? Like, it just happened to work out. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I, I was, I was, I knew that would happen. Well, yeah, because right? Dumbled- like, there's no way he would. Dumbledore got, like, rused in book one. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and he, and he came back and had the gall to say, like, I, I knew I mean, you had to face him, Harry. And, he, and Harry's like a stupid kid, so he's like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, like, Dumbledore... Literally, if I remember right, I think Quirrell or someone, like, sent him, like, a fake letter that was like, <laughs> yeah. hey, you've got to go to London to talk to the minister or whatever. Yeah. And, and Dumbledore was like, oh, I better, I better fucking go. God, see you later. <laughs> My Uber's here. And, like, just up and leaves while, like, three 11-year-olds fight for their life in the basement. And then he comes back and, like, two of them are knocked out or whatever and the third one is about to get killed by <laughs> by the evil wizard Dark Lord, and Dumbledore just like walks in and like you know kind of collects the uh, uh, the XP for the kill, and then goes like, you know, <laughs> I I knew you could do it. I actually uh, I actually planned for for this to happen. It's like no, you got you got bamboozled. You were the one who was who like left because you were like, oh, I better go meet the president, like. <laughs> Dumbledore is so fucking stupid. <laughs> he's evil. He's like the thing is the thing is right about Dumbledore is that like when he is when he is doing like his machinations he is like overtly evil. When he's not and he's just like getting rused or like getting like tricked or like you know doing something elsewhere he's just kind of evil by the power of negligence right like he's there's there's no there out outside of like the kids book realm as soon as these Mm -hmm. books become more serious there is no excuse for dumbledore's behavior like he is he is a he is a bad guy uh is 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 there's no really no way around it um uh but jk rowling just never quite realizes how wacky and like out of pocket this character she created is and in a weird way that is kind of fascinating because like it is revealing it is kind of sad that like oh that's her worldview she just like her ideal leader is this guy sucks (laughs) and like that's kind of that's kind of fun to read about and realize and and uh the ways that that unconsciously manifests in this story are really fascinating yeah Speaking of clues with Grindelwald, we finally have Harry remember that it was in Rita Skeeter's book. Does he just have a brain blast? I got to the end of my summary and was like, wait, I missed. I know that he I know that he remembered, but I can't remember why or how. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he just has a brain. He's like, oh, I remember it was in it was in this book. It's the same photo, I think, perhaps. Mm. Um, Well, I think he puts it together, too, because Rita, like, consulted with Bethilda to write the book so he's like oh this is where this photo came from right i wish grindelwald was a character we got to meet in this book yeah i mean like that is 
that is the one part where I like for as dog shit as Crimes of Grindelwald was, and as bad as the first Fantastic, you know, Fantastic Beast movie was, I do at least empathize with J.K. Rowling's desire to explore Grindelwald more, like way more than Dumbledore, right? Because he's 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 kind of underrepresented, I think, in this book. Mm-hmm. I think we do actually get a scene with him and Voldemort in this. Um, I know like we a, do in like the... a flashback. Well, no, because he's in um, he's in like Swedish hell prison or something. Oh, I thought he was dead. He's no, he's like like Voldemort's finally gonna find him, and he's like in he's like in some he's like in you know Swedish Azkaban or whatever. Oh, and he's like. Oh, you are so stupid. I already gave the wand away. Ha ha. Like, I'm pretty sure that's going to be. I know that's in the movie. I don't know if that's in the book, but I I, <laughs> I, I think that's in the book, too. So, like, we do briefly get a, a, a scene with him, but, like, he is a very underrepresented character overall. Yeah, I guess I wish that Harry could, like, meet him. Yeah. To get, like, a piece of information or something. It, just if this book wants me to care about him so much. It would have been a nice payoff for the pensive stuff if Harry had gotten some of Dumbledore's memory juice and, like, seen him macking on a Nazi guy, right? <laughs> like, yeah. that would have been interesting. That's the other thing, too. Like, Dumbledore was a straight-up, like, Nazi collaborator who got cold feet at the last minute because it suddenly affected him, right? Like, it, it it's sort of like... I'm very curious. I, I guess that really it draws a parallel between him and, and Snape, which is kind of funny that Harry named his, named his <laughs> kid after after both of them. <laughs> they are sort of the same character. Yeah, yeah. Like And like that's not even like a, you know, a, an unreasonable or like an unheard of character arc for someone to follow in a story. But it's like, it is very interesting that um, Harry, I, I, I'm very curious what Harry's reaction is going to be when he does read about Grindelwald and Dumbledore in Rita Skeeter's book because I, I know that that's a big part of this is that he he gets because he gets a, he gets a little pissy at Dumbledore in Purgatory and it's like you hung out with Grindelwald and Voldemort Dumbledore's like yeah and <laughs> like I I, I I'm, I'm so that's like my one like I want to see how this resolves in this book because I, I I don't I don't know how especially given how this chapter has panned out with like the accidental Dumbledore villain stuff i'm like how is that gonna pay how is she gonna write that stuff yeah i i don't know if she can like fathom a character ha- like having, having a strong enough like ideological difference from a villain other than like for personal reasons <laughs> right okay i've been like rubbing my hands in glee to get to to this part snake reveal plus voldemort time yeah. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into the dopest shit in this chapter. Probably the dopest shit in this whole series. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it rules. So, first of all, this the the snake has been piloting a corpse around like a mech this whole time. Yeah. Which rules. That's so fucking disgusting to think about. It's really creepy. It's so disgusting, and it's like, how? Like, I'm so, I'm so curious. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want the answer mm-hmm. 100%. Nobody asked J.K. Rowling. I don't want to hear. Yeah. But it's like, did Voldemort, like, do some sort of dark spell to allow Nagini to do that? Is it one of Nagini's, like, weird powers that she just already has? Mm-hmm. Is it is it purely mechanical? Like, is it, 
it's just it's so mysterious and cool yeah and all of the options are so gross and scary it's it's super creepy it, like yeah and like not knowing the answer how makes it scarier because it's like it just like conjures up all these really graphic or like creepy uh uh explanations right like it's it's so so scary um but then this like the the the, the like the transition that the story takes from like horror movie to like action story here is really funny too like Mm -hmm. once the snake is out it's a boss fight and nagini has a bite attack but more importantly she apparently has tail whip hell yeah which i'm i'm not super familiar with like how boa constrictors work but i don't think either i don't think they do either of those things right like like and so i'm I'm super into it. I'm into this big ass snake just whipping Harry with it with it with its tail. <laughs> uh and like doing like is it doing spin attacks? Is it doing flips? I don't care. It rocks. I'm 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 so sad we don't get this in the movie. I want to see I want to see the snake boss fight. Yeah, I feel like snakes don't do tail whips. Lizards do, like iguanas yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. And like like alligators and crocodiles and stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't know about the snake. Yeah. Uh, Nagini does though, and it's sick. Nagini does. Well, Nagini Nagini knows what she's got, and it's a big tail and fangs, uh, <laughs> and she fucking goes for it. Or not even fangs. She got teeth because she's like a normal non poisonous snake. I think. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think that Harry just gets two big stab wounds yeah. from the big the big normal snake fangs. Yeah, it, it's oh god, it's so fucking cool. Like like you said, Resident Evil boss fight. Harry Harry is like walking tank style around this room with his with his wand out. Uh, he's got very <laughs> little ammo left because he wasted it all on uh, on some enemies earlier, and now he's stuck. He's got to knife this boss fight down. Yeah, um, uh, I love this and. But, like, this is where it transitions from, like, 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 this chapter has had a lot of tension, and it's been very creepy, and this is where I think this chapter truly, like, ascended for me. <laughs> when, when Nagini, like, calls for Voldemort. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Harry gets, like, a first-person camera view of Voldemort, like, unceremoniously sprinting towards this house <laughs> it is so fucking funny Voldemort I, has been spending a lot of time walking and sprinting around Voldemort is in an open world video game right now Voldemort this chapter I think not in the way that JK Rowling would like but this chapter has made me love Voldemort because th- th- first of all this image of him like running into this house Bethilda's house after he set his like powerful snake trap and he's just like oh fuck I gotta get in there hold hold him I gotta go I got I'm gonna run up the stairs I'll be right there so he 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 leaps into the house uh and like the the way that he's described in this moment where Harry like uh uh like you know quote-unquote becomes um Voldemort right is it's really un- I, I don't have a way to say it. like uncool, right? Like, like yeah. he's not like dramatically entering the room. He's not like doing a cool cape swish or whatever. It says uh, Voldemort was running across the fetid bedroom, his long white hands clutching at the windowsill <laughs> as he glimpsed the bald man and the little woman twist and vanish. And he screamed with rage. Like he's, he's like stumbling around in the dark with his arms out. And then he like looks out of the window, like fuck, <laughs> God damn it. 
<laughs> like, he's he's not in control. I think at any other part, like where we've seen him, he's all he 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 maybe isn't in control, but he always thinks he is, right? Like when he's yeah. like vamping in Goblet of Fire. Yeah, yeah. But both of his appearances in in this book, where he's like on a, a car chase, I guess, and then also here where he's stumbling around, and he's he's on he's on the back foot. Yeah, always. He's weirdly endearing, <laughs> like. You, you yeah. can't help but kind of feel for him in a really weird way. And that, like, only increases in a segment which is so completely out of pocket, I can't believe it's real. I When I read it, I, I say this in, like, the nicest way possible. Again, similar to some of the other parts in this book, I felt like I was reading fan fiction, but like in the best way possible. I'm like, how yeah. how can this scene possibly exist in real canon Harry Potter? It is so fucking good <laughs> in a really stupid way. The, the so like with this is this is finally like I like finally delivering on our like pleas for a first person Voldemort chapter. Yeah. Uh, we've been asking and begging for a Voldemort POV chapter. I was not ready for him to be. <laughs> he's just the monarch from Venture Bros. He's a fake <laughs> supervillain. He's like, like you. For one thing, this entire segment is in italics, which is very mm -hmm. extra. Yeah, it is. Um, but like the internal voice that Voldemort speaks with is so funny and so <laughs> like Saturday morning. G.I. Joe villain. Yeah. Uh so it's Halloween and he's like Which is a great, great setting for this. Yeah. It's like the only payoff of James and Lily being murdered on Halloween that there ever has been, and I'm so grateful. I, I love it immediately starts with this line where Voldemort's like looking at like shitty Halloween decorations. And he mm -hmm. calls him the the tawdry muggle trappings of a world in which they did not believe, right? Like he's he is, oh, he is such a fucking bitch. I love him. <laughs> he's he's vamping. He's at a hundred million percent full like Rocky Horror at this point. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> I I. God, it's like, I read this scene and it shouldn't work for me. I'm like kind of mad that it does. And I, I think that it could exist somewhere else in the book and I would complain about it. Because mm -hmm. it's like everything I don't like. It's a flashback about a scene that I already know what happened. Mm -hmm. And I don't need more details mm -hmm. about. It really does still put the magnifying glass on how um like bad uh or not bad but just like incomprehensible Voldemort as a villain is um and and I'm specifically meaning like his weird at odds like two at odds motivations one is I don't want to die and two I'm a psychopath serial killer guy <laughs> yeah but it just it happens after Resident Evil fight and it's so over the top and ridiculous that I just love it the, this the part where I was like fully convinced that I was reading a fake book uh -huh. um, is is when a child walks up to him and says, nice costume, mister. <laughs> and then not only does he like turn around and scare the kid with his like snake face or whatever. Yeah. He then thinks, 
he beneath the robe he fingered the handle of his wand one simple movement and the child would never reach his mother but unnecessary quite unnecessary like voldemort just like sees anyone under the age of 18 and is like i could fucking destroy you he like, like goes on about it too. He's like, I I hated those children at the stupid orphanage. They were always annoying me. I love to kill kids. <laughs> He's Voldemort is a true sicko. <laughs> and I kind of love him. Like he the the thing that makes this chat this like sequence so surreal is that mm-hmm. like this is coming after like this is it. Like this is the big reveal. This is the Voldemort scene. Right, like, yeah. like the whole series, we've gotten glimpses of him killing Lily and James, but we like we, you know, we don't have like a window into his perspective, and and like he's been built up in both this book and previous, like the last two books, he has been built up as like this, like Machiavellian genius evil leader. Mm-hmm. who has complex motivations and is like a he's he's like simultaneously like Hitler and Ted Bundy and to get to finally get the big <laughs> reveal and he's like a joke from a family guy bit basically yeah. like it's i think that was you you were saying it like you were expecting Stewie to be in the crib or whatever right like yeah, it is, it is. It is a. It is a joke. It, it, he is a big cartoon comedy guy. It's. It's really bizarre. It, it's kind of messed up because I. I love it. Like I loved every single second of reading this sequence. Yeah, uh, I was hooting and hollering the whole time. I'm guessing it's supposed to be scary. <laughs> right. Like I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm supposed to like see the scene where he like thinks about like fucking putting putting a clip into that kid who says nice costume i'm supposed to look and i go like oh my god he has no disregard he has no regard for human life he he would kill a child but like what i'm actually thinking is this would be like uh let's see i'm counting on my hands here how many children has he obliterated at this point (laughs) he's going he's going to kill a different well also the reason he doesn't is because he's like oh i've already got a kid to kill like I'm, yeah. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I've already got a quest to finish. That like, would just, that would, that would simply be recreational. But he's <laughs> on the main quest, so he can't do that. <laughs> well, you, the thing is, you can't start a side quest if you're already locked into the main quest. I guess the cutscene already started. The cutscene already started. Yeah, he's, uh, he can't. He, he, he'll go back to this one later. But like, it's just, he's not, he's not really scary. He's, he's just kind of like pathetic and weirdly endearing which is a crazy thing to say about a character who is like you know basically known only for murdering children at this point but like (laughs) there's no way around it he's just funny he's a funny like we we have lots of funny little guys but like we finally have a funny big guy yeah i mean i think that i think that it is true there's like a thin line between horror and comedy and i'm assuming this was supposed to be horrific (laughs) and is in fact comedy um but it it actually and, and again, like, I, I also think this is unintentional, but it makes his character and, like, the existence of, say, a Dark Lord in the Harry Potter universe almost feel just, like, sort of a cosmic accident, right? Like, mm. you have this guy, and he has two different motivations. One, 
is that he wants to not die. Mm-hmm. And two, he's a psychopath, right? And they uh-huh. feel just like completely unrelated, but it's almost just like, oh, that's so unlucky that it was the same guy. Well, it's it's really funny that the stuff that she pulled from for all the book six Voldemort stuff is the like really I'm like this is really tenuous stuff, right? But it but it is it is a like well-trodden like pop psychology genre is this idea that like oh the you know the serial killers they want to be caught uh and they Mm -hmm. you know they they all have a a death wish that they're taking out on everyone else and they want to be caught and they want to be punished and like that's that's 100 like the genre of stuff she's drawing from right it's like oh the sure they always return to the scene of the crime which he does right like um but that is completely at odds with the comedy version of him where he's just like looking around the world with Terminator vision for anyone who's like, you know, a child and going like, "Mm, I bet I could kill you. Like, it's just like, like they're, they're both silly, but like in, in Congress, they're like, so at odds with each other. Cause, cause the, 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 um, the cartoon version of him, who's just afraid of death and takes it out on everyone else. I can, I can buy that. Uh, the Ted Bundy version of him where, like, he's afraid of death, uh, uh, but secretly, you know, wants to be caught and, and wants to die or whatever. Like, I also buy that, but together, they're, like, two stupid flavors that make a truly bizarre character. Yeah, and I think that, like, in... Uh, frankly, I'm not sure what the lesson of Harry Potter is supposed to be. <laughs> it really seems to gesture toward having a lesson. And, I, and I'm and i not saying that fiction like has to have a lesson, but I feel like it is trying to mm-hmm. and with the whole like accepting death stuff or at least like a strong theme. But in the case of Voldemort, like that doesn't feel like what makes him evil. Right. It is like it feels like a cosmic accident that that happens to be the trait that he has, <laughs> along with having no regard for human life like, yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. Like, they seem like wholly unrelated. I don't think that he's bad because he doesn't want to die. Right. Right. And in that way, it is hard not to empathize with that side of him because we have a first person of account of him dying and, and going like, ah, this sucks. I yeah. hate, I hate this. Yeah. Like, you... Yeah, of course. And there's the other bit too, that I find really funny about this is that, um, JK Rowling leaves a really good Christian allegory on the table here. Mm-hmm. Like, if she wanted Deathly Hallows and, and Harry Potter as a whole to be a Christian allegory, uh, the story about someone who, like, died doing a bad thing, but then, like, came back to life and then just did the same bad things over again instead of, like, repenting or whatever, like, there you go. There's your villain story. There's your villain tragedy, right? Like, yeah. he, got a, he got handed to second chance and wasted it, right? Like, he 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 spurned... He spurned forgiveness uh perfect there you go wrap it up there's your there's your religious allegory villain i don't know what how she missed that one you know like it's it's kind of but at the same time it's pretty funny that she did and instead we just got uh uh like uh just he's 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 the bad guy he's the he's the he's grim from billy and mandy like that's about <laughs> as seriously as i can take him like like I can almost hear him in doing the voice, really. Like it, he is, he is a weirdly pathetic and endearingly funny guy 
which is like a problem if you want me to take him seriously as your like Hitler villain. But I will, <laughs> I vastly prefer it to that, right? Like I I, I like it. He's just a, a an annoying weird wizard guy. Yeah, and he's fun. It's and it's not like him being funny and pathetic isn't scary. Like right. the stuff that happens in this chapter is still scary, and this and presumably he was like the architect of this ha- of what happened. Yeah, uh, and if he had made it to the room faster, they would have been dead because yeah. he also happens to be extremely powerful. Yeah, um, and like good at killing people. Mm-hmm. So that's still scary. Yeah, and like it's the the other thing too. I mean, like in abstract, of course, like you know, killing children is scary, and killing a family is scary. But like there is just there is such a um, comic flair to it. Like mm-hmm. there's the part where he gets to Harry or to to Lily and James's house, and he's like watching them through the window. And, like, there is no way that that is not hilarious looking. It's just, like, this, like, you know, it's, like, this idyllic family scene in the in the living room. Uh, and then, like, just outside the window, there is, like, a guy who who's, like, dressed in a big robe and has, like, snake eyes just, like, staring in the house. Like, there's, it's, it's, like, Tim and Eric. I don't know. Like, there's, there's no, there's... The the way that the wizarding world interacts with the muggle world and that, like, basically everyone, like, you know, even wizard families are basically muggles. Like, this is just happening in a normal neighborhood, right? Like, there's just no way to get around the fact that it is hilarious that, like, in this, like, normal, sleepy English village, uh, the most important thing in the wizarding <laughs> world uh, is about to happen and it is uh it is a guy who looks like a GI Joe character about to kick <laughs> down the door and like blast three people with green magic like it's just <laughs> it is uh there yeah it's it's incredibly funny I love it so much I love it he like even like even the scene like from first person like he kills James <laughs> and he just he's just like damn I'm good he 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 he, he. <laughs> And then the the part where he gets up to Lily and Harry, I love that he's just like mildly annoyed by Lily. Yeah, he's like, "Can you please move? Can you? Yeah, Can you please I, I'm move while I kill your child." <laughs> I, I, like I, and he just like doesn't under and like this is like maybe the one like true, like excellent piece of like serious characterization of Voldemort too, is that his his response to like this you know desperate parent like throwing herself in front of her child he's just like confused like what who would do that like what what who who would do such a thing like he just doesn't understand it and that's a very nice little voldemort characterization thing um i I hate to beat a dead horse but i am really baffled by the choice to not just make the horcruxes having made him Right? Like, I don't understand why his pursuit of not dying was what made him break from humanity. Mm. I can't understand the choice of having him be born evil. Yeah, it's kind of lame, really. Like, it, 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 I mean, like, like in, 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 in some ways, it's great because it means that we get him as this hilarious villain character. But, like, it is odd in this story that like the horcruxes these like incredibly evil artifacts or whatever he went to them because he was already evil right 
And it's like, mm-hmm. we, there's no, there's no progression for Voldemort. He just like, he just like came out of the womb, like level 100 trickster, right? Like he's, uh, he's a, he's a, he's, he's just been a, a little bastard this whole time. And I, and I guess I still do kind of like the read of, of it being like force of nature, right? Like a, an, un, like an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just random, right? That someone would have these motivations and also be willing to do it because of some sort of inborn evil, I guess. <laughs> so I'm not. I don't. I don't know. It just. It feels like it runs contrary to the story that she wants to tell, but is a story that I'm probably more interested in reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Voldemort's, uh, like child murder. Uh, yeah love i yeah. love the part where he kills lily mm-hmm. and then he's like he's he walks up to the baby <laughs> and he's like fuck yes i'm gonna kill this baby yeah. and he said it says he pointed the wand very carefully into the boy's face he wanted to see it happen the destruction of this one <laughs> is like he's like fuck yes i finally he wants to see this baby bounce around the room he wants to see the rag doll happen he is so he's so wonderfully evil i just i i can't get over this is what first person voldemort really is he's not tortured he's not conniving he he's like very he's he's just a he's just like murder guy it's it's delightful it's so cute yeah, I mean, he, was just, to he say. was just like born Damien from the Omen, right? Like, there's no, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing, there's nothing else going on there. Yeah, and like the way the language changes so much for his first person perspective too. Like, uh, uh, it's, uh, or I guess not further, or like, you know, limited third, but you know, the the language changes so much for his perspective. Um, where like he he's he's using very fancy words. He is very. Uh, erudite he like i just i i can't help but i don't want to side with you know i'm not siding with volwar right but like all of a sudden he has like leapt up like 20 million percent in my character rankings like i'm so i'm so thrilled that we have a fun villain here i i'm assuming that he will never be this fun again in this book but like here here is where i truly understand where ray fines was going with with his performance in the movies right? oh yeah Right, like, like, like this, like this is such a, and I, I do wonder actually if, um, if this vision of Voldemort was maybe shaped by the movie performances, right? Because, like, uh, this is this is pure Ray finds traipsing around in the graveyard in his bare feet, going like, "Oh, I'm back! I'm the Dark Lord!" Like, <laughs> like it, it's, uh, it's. It, it it like it's so clearly him here. Um, I I I realize now where he got the idea to act like that came. You know, like he is. What a what a perfect choice on his part. I'm so confused as to why this Voldemort is interested in in weighing into politics and right. like ideology almost like, or like his ideology or his supposed ideology that we don't really. Uh, he almost seems like he should just be fully uninterested or like yeah, disconnected. He, the the Damien comparison, the Damien comparison is so good because it's like he really. I almost like want him to be like this overgrown child, right? Like the 
I almost feel like the like the ideal Voldemort would have been uh the Death Eater moment movement already existing and him just like using it, right? Yeah. Cause they have they have like re you know, they they seem to have like real like aristocratic slash like fascist worldviews, right? Mm-hmm. Voldemort really doesn't have any ideology or worldview. No, he's, he just wants to kill babies. <laughs> he just wants to like kill he wants to kill babies and he wants revenge on Harry Potter. And like I just like the idea I, I want there to be like some like like I want him to be this cartoon villain and I want the Death Eaters to be more realistic villains and I want the I want the part I want I want two Death Eaters to have the Are We the Baddies speech, but about Voldemort. And just realizing, like, wait a second, why didn't we didn't we like have like a plan at some point? Why is our leader just like making us chase a 15-year-old around? Like it's I I I think that's the one way that this story could have married those ideas of like the the political Death Eater stories versus the like who is Voldemort mystery. I I I think that you could have it be so like there maybe is some tension between like him and his lackeys at this point they're like okay you said you said we were going to you know we were going to install the the wizard the wizard nazi party but instead you keep on you keep on saying hey my snake is calling me on my cell phone gotta go and running into (laughs) houses and and yelling at people like like you know like I, i want I want the story to, like, acknowledge that those are sort of different villain takes, right? Yeah, I don't think J.K. Rowling knows that. <laughs> That's too bad. That is That's too th- bad. I, but I'm pretty sure that, um, I'm pretty sure she thinks bad people are just, like, cartoons. <laughs> um, anything else in this chapter you want to take a crack at or uh, harry's wand is broken oh his wand is broken that's important question mark you can't repair it and the only two guys that make wands are <laughs> mia or one's in prison and the other one got owned in first person and his kid too he volbert killed his kid <laughs> volbert stacking up those bodies yeah um yeah that's important i i i don't think this isn't the criticism of the story this is just harry being harry but what a huge fucking asshole he is to uh to think these things about hermione when it is entirely his fault for dumbledoring them into this situation yeah uh his 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 like weird anger at her here uh for something entirely out of her control that was entirely his fault uh harry do better that's my that's what i'm gonna say I feel like I should feel more emotional about the wand breaking. I don't give a shit. But I don't. I don't. I know it's it, like a big deal because it's one of the big the big ones, right? You go on Pottermore, you get your Hogwarts house, you get your Patronus, you get your wand. Like, <laughs> I think that I'm supposed to feel very like attached to this since he's had yeah. it since since book one and it was like a symbol. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think that they just have not quite established enough of like what a wand is and what it does and how important it is or like how hard it is to replace or i mean like wands are i know that in this case ollivander is like out of action but like wands are 30 ish sickles or whatever 
Mm-hmm. Like wands cost like five bucks. Uh, so it seems like not a huge deal. Yeah, and every person that we've ever seen like get a new one, it's not like they had part of their like soul cut off or anything. They right. just get a new wand. Like Ron isn't ever like, oh, I missed my first wand. Shouldn't Harry be like, great, now I won't shoot goop when I meet Voldemort? The goop saved him though. No, oh, that's true. He did, but like it also a won't make a big, big line that floats them into the air and makes his parents' dead parents come out <laughs> at the right. end. Yeah, that is important. Yeah, so that's sort of a give and take, I think. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of a weak ending for the chapter. I'm con- I'm I'm considering the end of the chapter. Voldemort going, ow, oof, dying sucks. I was so um, right about this. I hate this. <laughs> oh, I I've always hated this. Yeah. So that is. That's kind of all I have for this chapter, but what a banger. It was quite an oasis. I, I think that yeah. there's always been stuff to, like, there have been times that I have been entertained, mm-hmm. undeniably, but this yeah. was like a front to back, like, this rules, I love this, I want more of this, it, it, it ruled. This made me, like, remember that I liked Harry Potter, right? Like, it's it's that level of chapter for sure. Yep. All right. Well, that was very exciting, but we need to take a break and then we're going to find out if we made it into Slytherin or not. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. The time is now. We have labored for many weeks. We have been working in the posting mines. We have been crafting our character. We've been answering questions. We've been writing essays. We did our homework. And we did it. We made it into Slytherin. Yay! I can't believe this happened. Something... I I mean, like, this... This was sort of a joke that we had talked about for a long time, like, I think even way back in the beginning of the show, right? Like, two years ago, I think we were goofing about, like, we should try and break into the the common room. Um, Never did I dream that it would be this easy or that we would achieve it with such flying colors. Yeah, I'm glad we did it um, on the show because it was one of those things in the back of my head where I was like, oh, I should probably do this, like, on my own time. Uh-huh. And then I never did, because I'm like, when am I going to sit down and go like, okay, time to post on the Harry Potter subreddit. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, no, I think this is the best way this could have panned out. Um, but uh, for those of you just joining us, uh, we had to build up a lot of Reddit karma. We had to fill out a questionnaire, and we had to do some homework. Um, our questionnaire, our application to the Slytherin Common Room was approved, and we received this lovely message mm. the other day from r slash Slytherin. It is wonderful to meet another snake. <laughs> we hope you find your stay comfortable. Now, there's a few things we want to let you know about to make sure you have the best experience and really feel part of the community. Uh-oh. If you're still new to the Harry Potter community and are all associated sister subreddits, we'd like you to have a link to the wiki. This is new. I did not know that there was a Harry Potter subreddit wiki. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I am not. There is a... So we're going to have to take a look at this. This is fantastic. Why does a subreddit need a wiki? I can't answer that. Okay. 
I, I, I don't have an answer for you. I'm just, I'm looking at some of the, the table of contents in this wiki and my eyes are, I'm, I'm growing a third eye. That's great. This. That's great news. So we'll take a look at that in a minute. Uh, there's a lot of information here, so don't try to tackle it all at once. <laughs> okay. This wiki has information about all aspects of the community and all ways to engage and earn points. Don't feel pressured to get involved with everything and feel free to ask questions to other snakes for help and advice. And then they used the D face. Wonderful. No, they gave we, us the, the is, big smile. We belong here. We belong here. These are our people. Uh, it looked pretty empty for now, but that's okay. Just read the welcome rules and you'll be ready to join everyone. Okay. So this is so exciting. <laughs> we, we made it in. I have the, I have not, I've purposefully not looked at it. I saw the message that we got it, but I have, I've not looked at the Slytherin common room yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to experience that fresh. I have a question for you now, though. Mm. Would you like to look at the subreddit itself first, or would you like to poke around in that wiki? I, <laughs> I want. I, I need to know about this wiki. I am so okay. baffled by this. Okay. Okay. Well, the the, the wiki starts with an uh, a link that says "Welcome to the dungeons." Nice. So we should probably. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is the Slytherin cheat sheet. It will have everything you need to know about r slash Slytherin to get by. However, if you are confused or would like to read about anything more in depth, just follow these links or make a post about it. Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to read you just the names of all of these segments. And shout out if you want to read something. Okay. <laughs> Casual conversation in Harry Potter. Meeting new people within r slash Slytherin. Multi-house. Slytherin Book Club. I, Slytherin. Slytherin Book Club. What are they reading? Are we reading, are are we reading? reading Harry Potter or are we reading other books? Slytherin Book Club. Readers join choose a book every month to read and discuss, much like an IRL book club. Go check out what they're reading at r slash Slytherin Book Club. Okay, what are they reading in r slash Slytherin Book Club? Okay, let's filter by top all time. <laughs> okay, well, the top post. Oh, my God. The top post on this is a not even a book. It is Uh-oh. I'll send it to you. It is an Instagram screenshot. It's called Such an Aesthetic and it's like That's right. A, a sad girl, the word empty on a VHS. Uh a hand, you know, one of those like Instagram hand-holding pictures, a green curtain, <laughs> a highway, some stars and some graffiti that says this is hell and we can't leave. This rocks. <laughs> So here's what they're reading. They're reading Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Huh. They're reading Anansi Boys by Neil Gaiman. Okay. They're, they spent a long time reading Good Omens, it looks like. That's a pretty quick read, I feel. <laughs> Maybe they're going chapter by chapter like us. Mm. Oh, here's one. Uh, they're reading Ready Player One. Uh, get us out of here. I'm, okay. I'm, pull, I'm pull it. pulling. <laughs> pulling a jet. Yeah, I'm getting out Eject. of here. Okay, cool. Good Omens, Ready Player One, and uh, and Neil Gaiman books. Excellent. Uh, back to that index. Okay, so we we did uh, Slither Gains. Uh, what was it? Casual conversation. Slither Gains. Hogwarts werewolves. Hogwarts. I, I want to read like Moby Dick with the Slytherin common room. <laughs> Just, like, read some, like, old stuffy literature with them and see what they get out of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, that sounds great. HP fanfiction. Wand Smith. Oh, Wand Smith. 
they're part of the network. That's wonderful. Uh, there's a there's a link at the bottom of this wiki that says list of all HP subreli- uh, related subreddits brackets. Some are not safe for work. Uh oh. House house points. So okay, so here's all the house points stuff. Dueling, arithmancy, the quibbler, HP rank down, assignments, challenges, in house contents, uh, contests, being an active poster. I want to know what's up with being an active poster. Yeah. Make outstanding posts and comments in the Great Hall and our common room. Emeriti, heads of house houses, head humans, and head humans. Head humans? Oh, is that their, like, inclusive way of saying head boy and girl? Probably. That's, that's gotta be what that is. Head humans and prefects. I was wondering what on earth a head human was. I was like... <laughs> Isn't that most humans? Um, and prefects are constantly looking for awesome content to award points to. Did you have an awesome insight about the series? Every day. Did you make an awesome craft project? Post it. You might just get some sweet, sweet house points for it. Wait, can we put our post our podcast? Hello. We, we, is, we, is... Our... <laughs> we have a Harry Potter podcast. Check it out. I was. Then we could get actually... some house points. I've been considering like cutting together the entire Reddit saga as its own episode to post yeah. sometime. Yeah. And I wonder if that's what we should do. We're like, hey, we I made a podcast. We got into your we got into your subreddit. <laughs> like That's a very Slytherin thing to do, I must it's a say. Very, we are yeah, right. Like when, when we were doing the um the questionnaire, it was really hard not to answer like, yo, I just pretended to be a Reddit poster to get into your <laughs> subreddit. Like that is that is slurring as hell. Yeah, I I feel like we we have uh, kind of faked it till we made it, and it's kind of looped back around on on itself. <laughs> um, this is fascinating. I will link you to this this wiki uh, later, so you can poke around in it uh, yeah. in detail. But for now, I think it's time for us to get inside the actual subreddit here. Are you ready? I, I'm so I'm so ready for the exclusive posts. All right. Here we are. Slytherin Dungeon Common Room. <laughs> the top thread right now <gasps> is Canon hates Slytherin. It's everything I dreamed. <laughs> it's everything I dreamed. I, shall I read this to you? This is please, uh, please, because this, this is, is like I right. So we've seen this post a hundred times, a thousand yeah. times. This yeah. is like its most distilled essence. It must be because it exists in the Slytherin common room. This is like the, the like premium version of this post. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it starts with a quote. Or perhaps in Slytherin, you'll make real f- friends. Those cunning folks use any means to achieve their ends. Part of the Sorting Hats poem has me sold. But when I reread the books after growing older, I realized something a lot of snakes have pointed out. Canon hates us. Merlin was a Slytherin. Order of Merlin was named after him. A lot of people were praised for having the Orders of Merlin. But what about Merlin? The fact that they respect him so much doesn't translate to the rest of his house. He supported Muggle rights. Yet they all say in the HP universe uh, is that Slytherin is the house of bigotry and classism and racism. Who says that? (laughs) Who says that? <laughs> Who in canon says that? Yeah, I mean, like, I say that. Yes. Out, out of the book. Like, but that's not the, in the stuff that they do. 
Yeah, but in but but in canon, no one says that. It's weird how few people say that in canon. <laughs> uh, Snape was an accident. He should have been in Gryffindor. That was in a, a SpongeBob inner caps type text. He is the king of cunning. He literally triple crossed Voldemort and was so good at potions. That's true. I would put him in Ravenclaw because I put him in the house of brash, emotional, and reckless. Oh, before I put him in the house of uh, brash, emotional, reckless humans. Peter Pettigrew should have been a Slytherin. Bullshit. He was someone who looked up to the likes of James and Sirius. He had zero ambition of his own, and as soon as he was threatened, he gave in. No, he was not a Gryffindor, but no, he wasn't close to a Slytherin either. Umbridge, Crab, Goyle, Malfoy, Slughorn, Pansy Parkinson. See a pattern here? It is nope. arguable. <laughs> Those are names of characters. Yes. Oh, there you that's, go. That's the pattern I see. Uh, it is arguable that we also have some awesome people. Mrs. Tonks, Lita Lestrange, Regulus Black, uh, Narcissa Malfoy. Is Narcissa Malfoy awesome? Is she an awesome person? I mean, she's a good character. Is she, I think she is gets she a little bit of redemption in this book. Oh, does she? Yeah, I well, I think that she sort of acts against Voldemort, maybe, uh, to protect Draco. Something okay. like that. Uh, Phineas Nigelus Black. That I agree with. I do love that guy. Mm-hmm. He's, a, He's what a, funny. What a, what, a, what, a, what a funny character. What happened to them, though? Letter, Regulus, and Snape died. Andromeda and Phineas were dis- disowned. Narcissa had her one teeny-weeny moment of glory. Okay, so that's what you must be referring to. And heavens know what happened to her after that. Oh, that's ominous. Uh, JKR has said multiple times that girls shouldn't like Draco because she, one, underestimates the intellectual and personality-wise likability of her morally gray character. Morally gray! There we go! That's the word uh, of the day! We are, we are, we beep, are beep, here beep, 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 where we belong. And two, doesn't understand why anyone would even like the Slytherin, thus proving that she doesn't understand her own world well enough to know that Slytherin aren't the bad guys. Anyway, thoughts? Many. But what Many. a what a be- what a beautiful post. I'm delighted to report that the comments on this are insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no, honestly, weirdly though, maybe not. Here's the thing. This this is this is horseshoe theory. Uh-huh. These these are Harry Potter fans who are so dedicated to this one specific part of Harry Potter mm-hmm. that they kind of it seems like some of these commenters have like similar criticisms to us just coming from a completely different angle. Um the top comment is JK Rowling isn't as smart as people think. <laughs> Harry <laughs> Potter is an amazing series of books and I loved it, but Rowling isn't very clever. In her defense, maybe she just felt the need to give the people the readers a bad guy house. Yes. Yes. Thematically, it makes sense. In a classic fantasy, you've got good versus evil, and Slytherin versus Gryffindor is that. But later in the books, things start getting really gray. Ding, 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 ding. Mm. Snape is possibly the grayest character of them all. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Uh-huh. Fandom still has arguments over him. Draco is really gay because what? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Draco is really gray because one can argue he was doing it all out of fear. If the story has grown, why hasn't JK rolling? If you do something really evil out of fear, does that make you Good. gray? <laughs> oh my god. Wait! Wait, this this seems like it has a, a, a happy twist here. Mm. Someone quoted JK Rowling isn't as smart as people think, blah blah blah. That that first comment. Yeah. You can tell because of her whole 
uh if you aren't a transphobe you don't think that biological sex exists false dichotomy dichotomy thing and someone responds i mean it just undermines the value of the book's message doesn't it she talks about love for humanity which she's clearly incapable of expressing holy shit (laughs) for those of you the uh holy fuck for those of you out there who claim she did love people love is unconditional you give it to the entire human race or it doesn't count she talks about a person being more than the sum of their parts, yet Slytherins. Overall, the more I grow, the more I'm disconnecting from the author. I will simply not give another penny more to J.K. Rowling, but I will not stop loving the books. You know, baby steps. Baby steps. I love this. This is powerful. <laughs> All right, let's see what some of these other threads are. They're, okay, they have an automatic thread. I guess this one posts every week. Weekly Howlers, your all-caps rant thread. Oh. This is a... This is a place to get things off your chest, whether it's loud neighbors, inconsiderate drivers, the price of organic fruit. Oh, so there's like, that's weird. Uh, So there's some like off topic discussion going on in here. Yeah. Like it's not just about Harry Potter. No, it seems like this is kind of a lifestyle board as well. So rule number one, you must type in all caps. Rule number two, no harassment. Rule number three, no sexist, racist, homophobic, etc. language, or you will get throat punched by the motherfucking banhammer. That is their words. Wow. There. All right. Got my wisdom tooth removed, and that sucker took whole hour to remove, so they didn't have time to remove the other one, so I have to go in again next month and probably have to sit there for another hour, and that's not all, because I need to get my two bottom wisdom teeth removed, and they are a lot harder to get get out. <laughs> I, I love this. School is just hell. Why can't they give us less assignments come exam time? School is hell. School is so stressful, and my mom speaks too loud. Mm. this i am connecting with slytherin here yeah i was i was not expecting their like the lifestyle board stuff here and i kind of love them it's kind of surprising tuesday discussion what's your favorite game to play for game night with friends and family diablo 2 fuck oh god i want to play diablo 2 so bad when 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 can we land some Diablo two in twenty twenty five probably yeah yeah uh should we do you want do you want to know what Slytherins like to play yes okay well the OP likes to play apples to apples in the Binding of Isaac ooh uh top commenter likes to play Among Us that game that everyone is playing on Twitch yeah uh. This commenter likes... Oh, there's that card game Bang that they're playing. Sure. We've been on a huge Settlers of Catan kick. Betrayal at House on the Hill. Arkham Horror. Monopoly. Wow. Monopoly? Well, yeah, Monopoly. I mean, I'll I'll play it, but, you know. I hope they're playing the the Millennial Monopoly. (laughs) Uh, They're... Wait, Slytherin... Wait, the current... Do you want to know what the current Slytherin book club book is? Yes. This was cross-posted. I don't know why this wasn't showing up on the the board. Uh, they're reading Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Holy shit. <laughs> that fucking rules. I want to read. Oh, damn. I should read Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. What a good book. <laughs> That's, I can't wait to. Okay, this is like brand new. There's no comments on it. I can't wait to see the Slytherin take on that. Yeah. Snape's Welcome Weekend. Professor Snape would like to welcome any snakes that are new to the dungeon this week. That's, feel free that's inter- wonderful news. Feel free to introduce yourself. So is there like Welcome- a dedicated Snape role player? I thought this um, was not a role playing subreddit. Um, well, 
Okay. <laughs> so, uh-huh. I've opened the thread. Yep. So, uh, it says, Professor Snape would like to welcome any snakes that are new to the dungeons. Feel free to introduce yourselves. And then there is a, when, you, when I open the thread, there is a block quote that wasn't showing up in the preview that just says, welcome to the dungeons. Do not disappoint me. And there is a picture of Snape <laughs> opening the door that is like photoshopped to be all black and white and spooky looking. Oh my god. So we have to say hello to Snape. Oh, obviously. As Jack Sloper. <laughs> what do we say to Snape? Um, what do we- <laughs> That's a good question. Hello, <laughs> Professor. <laughs> oh my god. What are some other people saying? To Snape, because I don't want to. I, I don't like. I want to see how we measure up. Okay. Well, first person says, "Hello, everyone. I just got in here." Smiley face. Okay. So uh, the other person says, "Hello. I was just added. Super stoked to be in the house of snakes." Snake emoji. Yeah. So, those are the only two. So we're so they're not we're... really role playing back at Snape. Can you? Can we? Before we make our first post, can I? Can you read me the rules of the subreddit? I think the rules were basically just don't don't be an asshole and it's not the roleplay house. I think it's pretty loose. Apart, so can we like roleplay but juke halfway through and say like, hello, professor, you're my favorite character. Oh, ooh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. How? OK. Hello, professor. <laughs> I'm new here. Snake emoji. Uh-huh. Wait, hold on. I have to Google snake emoji. Because I'm on my keyboard. Hello, Professor. Snake emoji. I'm new here. And then, so how do we do You want to say, like, you're my favorite character? <laughs> yeah. You're yep. my favorite character! <laughs> Exclamation mark. Wonderful. How's that? It's perfect. That's our, that's our introduction. I'm obsessed with this photo. This black and white <laughs> photo of him opening the door. Here he comes! We have to say hi to him. He's almost here. Yeah. In-house contest. An apple a day keeps Falcon at bay. What? This seems like it has some lore that I'm not, I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Your two prefects were in the orchards today picking apples. Definitely not planning on using them to pelt IFF with. Who's IFF? What's I'm very confused about this not being a role-playing board. Because it clearly is, at least halfway. Falcon caught sight of us and advised us to find a good reason for the ungodly amount of apples we have. So now we're putting together a last-minute festival. We're recruiting you to help us make apple-themed food, drinks, and other festival games slash activities. Don't mess this up for us or we'll be getting an earful later. Who is Falcon? <laughs> What's going on? What? This is roleplay. This is a roleplay board. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of like the homework we did, right? Where it's like you're, you're writing a letter to Arthur Weasley about an in-universe thing. But one of the rules on the board is no roleplaying, so... I'm very, very... Uh curious like what they where like where do they draw do they okay here's a question do you think that the mods of this board think that the think that it's only role play if it's like erp 
or something. Did... Or maybe if you're trying to like tell a long form story and like oh, adv- advancing maybe. like plot details. Yeah, yeah. You're not like playing a story. You're but... not like, oh, I'm this character and you're this character and we're dating, but we got in a fight. Like maybe right. that's that's what they mean. Just wanted to post this here again because I'm really proud of how I did with writing it. And there's a link to another Draco Malfoy character analysis. This board has it has it all. Has yeah. role play. It has. I want to see the drink of the month. I need to find the drink of the month stuff. But it's it's wild how diverse the content here is. Is there a lot of Harry Potter discussions happening? It seems like most of the Harry Potter discussion that's happening is in like the same vein as that like canon hates the slytherins mm-hmm. thread most of them seem to be either like the weird like semi roleplay threads life posts or like here is my a link to my harry potter content like that essay there's some fan art some people here's, some a, here's a link to my podcast here's a link to my podcast where i got into your common room mm-hmm. this rules i love this board i wish that i wish the, the harry potter subreddit was half this cool Honestly. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. And I'm kind of delighted by it. I was expecting, I guess, more of the same. I didn't realize that there was going to be able to be, like, off-topic posts. I assumed it was just going to be Harry Potter discussion. Yeah. More. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, more focused Harry Potter discussion, right? Like, like, um, okay. Well, now, here's what we're going to do. I want to search for top all time again top post slytherin respect that's it's right. a it's a link to a harry potter facts tumblr post mm-hmm. slytherin is the first and last house mentioned in the series i did not know that actually hmm. um hell oh my god okay i'm screenshotting this one this is a picture of some Slytherin high heels. Ooh. If, if I, I ever, ever see a girl wearing these, we are instantly getting into bed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is that is a really funny phrase. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the th- this is a pair of high heels that have like a velvet green sole, and then snakes <laughs> for heels. This is so <laughs> powerful. Oh my god. I was expecting mostly complaining, you know, but yeah. instead, this is delightful. This is this is this is where all of the the like stuff that should be on. Honestly, this is all the stuff that should be on the main subreddit. Like like there's genuine analysis and like criticism in here. It's kind of a shame that because I assume the other subreddits, the house subreddits are similar, and it's kind of a bummer that they are locked in private. I mean, I'm sure it makes being a part of the community better, because you don't just have whatever people, like, finding a meme that they've seen for the first time and just posting it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I feel truly blessed by this. I, I... I'm trying to think of like what to even search because it, it it's just it just seems so much more uh, chill than I thought it was going to be. I guess that's on me. For like, of course, it's like a, a smaller subreddit, so it would be more chill. But it's very it's very pleasant in here. I want to hear what what kind of discussions they're having about Harry Potter. Someone is asking if there are any snakes who are based in the U.S. who would be willing to ship over some 
uh, International Delight Caramel Macchiato Coffee Creamer to me in the UK. I will pay the shipping and the cost of the creamer. Uh, I, I only want butterbeer in return. <laughs> I'll trade it for butterbeer from the butterbeer bosses. <laughs> Where is there Harry Potter discussion? There's gotta be some. Or do they just chill in here? Do they are they just vibing? Are they just like hanging out and like not really discussing the books in here? I mean, Good like for the, them. that post that's like the the canon hate Slytherin thing. Like that's the top thread. So like maybe when it does pop up, the actual Harry Potter discussion is pretty heated. But I'm not seeing much of it. Hmm. I'm in the Slytherin book club subreddit, and there's a thread that's called Top 5 Wednesday Favorite Fathers Slash Father Figures. Ooh. What, what do we got? And the top reply is Arthur Weasley, Dumbledore, Newt Scamander, mm. That, mm. Jim Halpert, Grew. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a powerful list. Is he the last one? Is he yeah. number one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's figure? in order. I think it might just be a uh, a random list of good fathers slash father figures. They put someone embroidered uh, the lyrics to Billy Eilish Bad Guy, but with a Slytherin snake. Oh, hell yeah. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, posting some pet, a lot of good pets in here. Some pet snakes, some pet, pet dogs, a cat. They're just like, they just seem immune to arguing about Harry Potter in here. I'm, I'm proud of them, honestly. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. I'm very curious. What else have you, can you find in the Slytherin book club? There's not a whole, as much engagement as I thought there would be. Because there's posts every time, but they don't seem... There's not a whole lot of discussion happening. Mm. Which seems like kind of the important part of a book club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to find one that has, like, a bunch of comments or anything. And I'm just not seeing it. I'm ser- I'm, I'm pulling out the big guns here. Mm-hmm. I'm searching Snape on the, sl- on the Slytherin you. subreddit. Snape's Welcome Weekend is uh, <laughs> taking up most of the results here. Mm. However, oh, we've got some good stuff. Oh, we've got some good stuff here. Okay, now I'm fine. Now I'm finding the good I, stuff. I want to hear. I want to hear the spicy Snape takes. Okay, I've got plenty for you. Here's um. Th- so these aren't all directly Snape related, but some are. But these are just. I'm. I'm getting. The, the results are pouring in. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just going to read some thread titles to you. Please. Tell me what you want to hear. Did anyone else notice that there are many similarities between the Marauders and the Beatles? Wow. That's... Oh, I, I, I wanted some spicy Snape takes because all the main subreddit uh, topics <laughs> and things. It's like, I need to move on to harder stuff. Like, I've become immune and that one just knocked, knocked me on my ass. All right. Let's take a look at this. Oh, my God. This is thorough. Mm. introduction recently i was starting to get back into my old beatles groove they've been my all-time favorite band since i was eight so i can proudly say that i know a hell of a lot about them and their achievements that's so funny i feel like everyone's favorite band from their eight is the is beatles the <laughs> but, to, but to just like roll with that forever is wow <laughs> As I was thinking of the group, I realized how well the Marauders fit the personality descriptions of the Beatles. 
Who is Peter Pettigrew? I have got in, to know. In the Beatles, the two forerunners <laughs> of the band were John Lennon and Paul McCartney. They were known as... And, okay, I... No, no secret here. I also had my Beatles phase when I was a kid. Um, I still I still like some Beatles albums, but uh, but I've never heard of this lore. They were known as the intelligent-slash-witty one and the cute one, respectively. They wrote most of the songs and composed most of the music. They were also the most extroverted. George Harrison was the lead guitarist and extremely talented, but he was quiet and introverted. He was known as the quiet one. Ringo Starr, <laughs> the drummer of the band, the one who kept time and also drummed in a way that wasn't known to other musicians before he rose to fame, was known as the funny one. Really? Together, the Beatles... <laughs> really? James Potter and Sirius Black were the leaders of the group, with James and Sirius coming up with most of the pranks... Uh, they also regrettably led the group. <laughs> this is very long. Okay, uh, uh, Lennon and McCartney are serious, and uh, James obviously. Uh, Remus Lupin is George Harrison. Yes, he's the more introverted one. Yep. Ringo Starr, Peter Pettigrew, because he because he's funny. Both men were shorter than the other three groupmates. <laughs> Being the drummer, Starr was ignored a bit compared to the other three Beatles, even though he was accepted into the band due to his raw talent with the drums. Unlike Peter, who was accepted into the Marauders out of pity. I think it would be great in the CW remake of Harry Potter if the Marauders had a band and they were just called the Marauders. Ooh, ooh, that's such a good CW right? vision. Oh, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on to some other threads. Oh my god. Okay. This this requires, I mean, okay, I can send this to you and I'll explain it to the audience what is happening. But I just need I just need your raw reaction to this one. Sure. Oh no. <laughs> I, I I saw it and I hid my face. It's my, re <laughs> it's my reaction to it. So this thread is called Made This for a Friend After We Discussed It on My Birthday, a recasting of Snape. And it is a very high-effort Photoshop of Benedict Cumberbatch as Professor Snape. I love it. Oh, my God. I mean, I have obviously floated this idea many, many yeah. times. Oh, yeah. We are pro-Benedict Cumberbatch as Snape. Um, but <laughs> seeing it is... Seeing it is another matter entirely. It, is, it really puts, yeah, puts some things into perspective. Um, Thursday, in honor of our intra-house challenge, if Snape was your personal mentor. <laughs> <laughs> well. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Settle down. <laughs> I have to read this perfectly as is. If okay. Snape was your personal mentor, which, air quotes, potion would you brew? <laughs> <laughs> That's would private. You, would you use it on yourself or someone else? <laughs> private can't ask someone that <laughs> yeah you can't ask what, what someone's someone what potion you'd brew with snape uh for myself definitely felix felicis i would split the dose take half myself use a time turner and give snape the other half as a swig before the marauders incident involving lily i i feel this poster should um be more selfish do things for yourself Mm -hmm. The past is the past, you know? Top comment is Felix Felicis and then Snape and I would hit the casino. 
All right. <laughs> the OP replies, can you imagine the pit boss watching Snape's cuffs during a craps game? I can, winky face. <laughs> I, lo- I love this energy. This is great. Felix Felicis is a no-brainer. It's the totally broken choice. It might be worse than Time Turner, says someone. I mean, they're not wrong, but that's not the question. Mm-mm. Also, um, I still I still don't think that the Felix Felicis does anything. I am, like, totally on that. Remember how we were, like, praising, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Wonder Book because of that, like, uh, splitting charm yeah. story? yeah. I feel like we kind of have to take the good with the bad because it's 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 apparently Wonder Book that confirms that Felix Felicis is like straight up real. That's messed up. Which is which is uh, it's so much less interesting. Yeah, it's so much better when it's like kind of ambiguous. Um, I'm confused about this one. Hmm. I would probably brew something like the draft of living death. A little something Severus can enjoy. Happy face. (laughs) fascinating would you use it on him or someone else if someone else then who winky face it's a lot of winking going on in this i'm not sure i'd even use it i mean i'm not sure i need what are they fucking talking about (laughs) i'm so confused (laughs) oh i see okay uh uh it might be useful to have on hand if it keeps a bit of a nap for those in my way and then the OP responds, mwahahaha, winky face. <laughs> oh, so it's just some Slytherin stuff going Slytherin, on. Slytherin, just Slytherin right, stuff. They're right. going de- to depose Snape. <laughs> Here's a thread called a song I wrote about Snape. Mm-hmm. I wanted double potions every day with Snape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it to the tune of anything? No, it's, I think this is an original song. I, I don't think this is... It doesn't say anything about, like, sung to the tune of such and such. Mm. Give me detention. Any excuse, to get, any excuse to get closer to you. Down in the dungeons, let's see what we can brew. I'm very disturbed hearing this and then also just having the Benedict Cumberbatch Snape up on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so good. Searching Snape was the best idea on this, on this thing. Mm-hmm. This is beautiful. It seems like the most the board for the most part is just like very cute, sincere posting. The return of sincere posting in this episode. I think that's really nice. It re- yeah. it, it it sincerely reminds me of a lot of like Harry Potter fan communities that existed in like the mid two thousands. Just yeah. kind of on their own websites and the sorts of like things that people would post about. Totally. That I kind of thought was just lost because of my the only thing I can really see is that like Harry Potter's main subreddit. And so mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, this must just be all there is. But I didn't realize that that like the real like dedicated fandom had moved. Yeah. This has really big uh like old forum vibes to me how many how active does it seem like if you go to the front page how many of the posts were made like today or even in the last week or so let's see it looks like there's a new fairly popular thread about once a day (laughs) for what it's worth there are three thousand members and there are five people looking at it right now so it seems like small but active it really does just remind me of like an old school forum. There's a lot of in jokes that I clearly don't understand. Uh, I I don't know who Falcon is. It's blessed. I love this. I think we should leave it with just this last thread I found. 
which is titled My Name is Severus Snape AMA. Hello, everyone. <laughs> My name is Severus Snape. Ask me anything. Also, I am logging out right now, so please don't mind if I reply late. What? <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> uh, you will be thrilled to know uh, they did not answer a single question here. <laughs> Snape logged in, said, ask me anything, and then logged out. That's king shit. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. All right. I could spend all fucking day on the Slytherin subreddit, and I probably will, but we should probably take it to the close for now. What do you say? Yeah. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash shriekcast. We're gearing up to do the Twilight read. We've got, we, we were talking about Zelda. If you want to hear us talk shit about Breath of the Wild. Uh, it wasn't week. talking shit. <laughs> it was, well, okay, yeah, it was, eh, we're. We have the auteur's respect for uh, Breath of the Wild, let's say. I'm playing it and enjoying it, is, is my exact <laughs> words. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so we're talking about Breath of the Wild. We're talking about beverages. We're talking about visual novels. All the all the good stuff that's there, all for the low, low price of $3 a month. And Liz, what are we reading next week? Uh, we're reading chapter 18, The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. I'm feeling a little sad for you that you have the weird enhanced edition or it whatever. It sucks. Because my chapter illustration is so funny um, of Harry looking disappointedly at his broken wand in what looks like a faux turtleneck. <laughs> his expression, he, he just looks kind of mildly annoyed. Like, he's 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 got a really lovely expression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, I'm very excited to get to that, but please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame, but I know what you're after if you catch a eye. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.